When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We got the ratings here at WABC, and we are number one again, blowing away all the competition. And I must salute the guy who starts it all in the morning, Sid Rosenberg, from 6 to 10. His numbers went right through the roof. You did an outstanding job, and you made it easier for us to stay in first place because you got out of the blocks, you blew the competition away, you lapped the competition. That's how good the numbers were. And then actually, to be honest with you, if we jogged, which we didn't do, we would have stayed in first place ourselves. Just in, the special master looking through the classified materials Donald Trump took with him to Mar-a-Lago can put down his pen. In a ruling, an appeals court has determined that courts should only intervene in Justice Department investigations in extraordinary circumstances, and that the judge who appointed a special master had overstepped. You're not Hitler. You're not a Nazi. You don't deserve to be called that and demonized. Well, I I see I I see good things about Hitler also. The Jew. I love everyone, and Jewish people are not going to tell me you can love. Um, you know, us, and you can love what we're doing to you with the contracts, and you can love what we're, you know, what we're pushing with the pornography. But this guy that invented highways, invented the very microphone that I use as a musician, you can't say out loud that this person ever did anything good, and I'm done with that. I'm done with the classifications. Every human being has something of value that they brought to the table, especially Hitler. Let me guess, ye over there, that uh, scumbag Kanye West, he's just misunderstood, right? He's not a bad guy. Not a bad guy. Yeah, that was him. Uh, two major stories that we'll cover on this show today with all the fun we have, too. A lot of fun. I must say, a lot of fun. 
the special counsel for Donald Trump. But, of course, Yee hanging out with Alex Jones, another lowlife. But you know it's bad when Alex Jones, who was just found guilty in that Sandy Hook Elementary School case where he said that never really happened, all those beautiful little children gunned to death by that psycho Adam Lanza, he said it never really happened. I think he had to pay like a billion dollars in a civil suit. I mean, a real lowlife, this Alex Jones, real lowlife. Even he was shocked that Kanye West, yesterday when Kanye West found a way to compliment Adolf Hitler, talked about Hitler building roads and wasn't a bad guy. You know, at one point during that conversation, Kanye West said, and I quote, I love Nazis. No, I'm not, making, I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. Lee Zeldin texted me last night about 8 o'clock. I've been saying this now for quite some time because it's surreal to me. Again, I'm not that far removed from breaking down a Nick game or a Ranger game. And now I got people texting me, whether it's the mayor or a guy running for governor. It's just surreal to me. Zeldin texted me last night about 8 o'clock. I want to read it to you. Because Lee was on this show a couple of days ago, and I asked him about this ill-fated dinner at Mar-a-Lago with Trump and Yee and the rest of these losers. I don't even care where the rest of the guys are. I stopped right at Yee. And Lee was, you know, somewhat critical, but not really. Well, here's what I got from Lee Zeldin last night. New York Rep. Lee Zeldin, one of the few Republican Jewish members of Congress who narrowly lost his bid for governor this year, condemned Kanye West in a statement. Here's Lee Zeldin's statement, quote, Kanye West is a deranged anti-Semite. I want absolutely nothing to do with that lunatic. He's totally bad news. That's what Lee Zeldin told Politico, and that's gorgeous. That's perfect. So what did I ask? And here's you guys going to get pissed off me again. I don't care. Where's Trump's statement? Where's Donald's? Lee Zeldin put out that statement last night. Did Donald put out a statement the last couple of days that, you know, really, maybe I never should have sat down with him. Maybe he should have been in my club. Anything from Trump about this um, animal West the last couple of days. Anything. Kanye West gets it. Oh, he gets it. Oh, that was Donald Trump's statement. Kanye West gets it. And then you folks want to know why I'm aggravated? Then you folks get mad at me. Stop pissing on Trump. Really? Lee Zeldin came out last night. He didn't have to do that. I mean, oh, he's running for the RNC chair. But he made it very clear. Guy's a a lowlife, an anti-Semite, a lunatic. No excuses. None of this. Well, you know, he is having some personal issues. And maybe he needs some help. Oh, he needs help, all right. He needs to be in a rubber room 24 hours a day, seven days a week with a white jacket. Watching Magic Garden and talking to some therapist 16 hours a day. Not hanging out in some bougie, fancy golf club in West Palm Beach, Florida. Hanging out with the former president of the United States. That's not the help that ye needs. Well, somebody said to me yesterday, well, maybe Trump called them over to warn him about running against him. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I swear to God. I, but I'm the bad guy. I'm the bad guy, Lewis. 
Kanye, it's not a good thing. Not good. <sighs> not good, Kanye. No. No. So the reason why we played That's What Friends Are For, I do love that song. You know, the original, and Lou knows everything about music like I do, so he knows this already, but the original was done by Rod Stewart, and one of my favorite movies of all time, and I really believe this movie is a classic, is one of Ron Howard's earliest work. Yes, the same Ron Howard that played Witchy Cunningham in Happy Days, played Opie in the Andy Griffith Show. He goes on to become this great writer, director, producer. One of his earliest works was his best, and it was a movie called Night Shift, where Henry Winkler, the Fonz, who he starred with for many years in Happy Days. There you go. Michael Keaton, they work in the morgue here in New York City, and Keaton... Who plays Bill Blazjowski? Oh my God! This is you are real. How you remember that? This names? is my favorite movie ever. Ever. Okay. He uh, he decides it would be a good idea to make extra money to run a prostitution ring from the New York City morgue. And Henry Winkler's character in this movie is a complete antithesis of the Fonz. He's like nerve. He's like Mark Chernoff. He's like nervous. <laughs> yeah. you know, he's scared of everything. No, he can't. Can't do that. There's dead bodies all over here. No, 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 no. So he convinces Winkler to do it. You know, and uh, one of the hookers in the movie is Shelley Long. I've always loved Shelley Long, and of course, Shelley Long in the movie ends up having this love affair with Henry Winkler. But there's one great scene in that movie where the first time Henry Winkler and Shelley love uh, Shelley Long make love. They're in a bathtub. And when they're done, Henry Winkler goes to her. He goes, basically, how did I do, you know? And she goes, you were great. And he's like, you know, in the movie Clute, Jane Fonda played a hooker. Real movie, Clute, great movie. And there's one scene where Jane Fonda is with her client, and she's moaning and, and hopping and puffing. And all of a sudden, right in the middle, she checks the time on her watch. And Henry Winkler tells Shelley Long this story, and she says to him, and I quote, I don't wear a watch. And it was such a cute, romantic scene. You got to see this movie. It's brilliant. And at the very end of the movie, you hear the song for the first time, That's What Friends Are For by Rod Stewart. But they remade it, and that would be, um, I guess it's um, Whitney Houston's aunt. What is her name? Uh, Dionne Warwick. That's right. Whitney Houston's auntie. Yes. Who else is in that version? Um, Elton John? I think, I, but I, yeah, I don't know the, the, all the participants. It's not one of my faves. Oh, I love that song. Uh, I love it. Well, that's, yeah, but that's easy to predict. Note to me. self, make Chuck a party guy. Oh, very good. And then, of course, he sang the Rolling Stones. I was, uh, I was uh, just uh, going to uh, ask you if you remember the song that he kept course, singing. Of course. Rolling <laughs> Stones. What did, he, did he give him a Walkman or something? He did for, give him a Walkman. He gave him a Walkman, yeah. He was... He walks Excited. in, the guy the guy works in the morning and goes, Barney Rubble, what an actor. Anyway, you got to see that movie if you have a night shift. Henry Winkler walks in, and they're all partying, and they all yell, New guy! They just grab him, and they throw him on the gurney. Oh, that's right. And he's all freaked out. What, what are you people? You people are having sex. This is a morgue. He was pulling the uh, the things out, and you know, the people so, were making out. So you love the movie? Oh no, I thought it was a great movie. You know, he would get great... he would get his sandwich every day, <laughs> and they would put mustard on his sandwich, and he hated mustard. But he was such like a you know such a scaredy cat. He would never argue with the guy. He would just you know he would just eat it. Yeah. 
And then at the end of the movie, when he starts to feel good about himself, oh, he freaks out. He, he freaks out. He wipes right. the mustard on the door, <laughs> and he says, "From now on, you're going to bring me the sandwich that I want with no mustard." It's just a, it's a great movie. But, New guy! <laughs> but the friends part is because if you go to today's New York Post, and I do want to thank John Katsimatidis. You know I love John. John and I were texting each other, I swear to you, at 3.15 a.m. this morning. I'm telling you the truth. He's sending me an Elon Musk uh, tweet, and, and I'm sending him, you know, messages about this post ad today and 3.15 this morning. And, of course, I want to thank his beautiful wife, Margot, certainly Chad and Matt, for this advertisement, page 30, today's New York Post, and it explains why we played That's What Friends Are For. And if you go to it, you'll see a big picture of me. It's a nice shot. It's old, though. I've got better shots at a newer, which I'll have to give to the guys upstairs. And it says, Sid and Friends in the Morning, New York's number one Nielsen-rated news talk morning show. Coming soon, new friends for Sid. Here's the one part I wouldn't have done. You, the audience, will get to vote for who you like best. I, I have no oh. interest. I don't. I mean, that is. I would have left that part out. I don't care what the audience thinks. Oh, I mean, how many, do I not go on the air every day and say I don't care what the audience thinks? They're either going to love this show or not listen. I don't care. So that's the one part I wouldn't have done. That's going to be fun. I mean, my God, I, I, I rip this audience every day. Oh, man, that's going to be fun to Who's, see. Are they going to go with, uh, what's that woman's name, Maria, the other day? Maria Who's, from Westchester? Maria, let's yeah. go with her. She might be the oh, no, co-host. So let me tell you. So, so yesterday the ratings come out, you know. And most of the guys on this station don't talk about ratings because they don't really understand radio. They just don't. No one knows, knows more about radio at this station than me. Nobody. Except for maybe Curtis. That's He's right there with me. Too. That's it. That's it. Um, so the ratings come out, and what I did to WR for this last month should be illegal. Shouldn't even be legal. It was such an ass-whooping that basically what we did in the morning enables the whole station to be number one all day. And I have to tell you, to be honest, the rest of the shows on the station didn't come close to our rating point. Not close. But we beat them so badly in the morning, so badly, that the rest of the station enjoys pretty good success. That's me being honest, folks. So I put on my social media last night, I congratulate us, me, on doing that. And these people that they want to actually poll here in the New York Post go, well, you know, they're still trying to give Bernie credit. God rest his soul. Bernie has been on the air in six months. <laughs> Love him, miss him. That's nonsense. And the best, here's the best one. Well, the reason why you get these ratings is because of your mother. Uh, nobody loves Naomi more than me. She's my mom. She's on once a month. <laughs> These people just, they just can't find a way to give me any credit. They just can't do it. They can't do it. Yeah, you know, I, they're, they're, I they're talking a lot, about a guy that's been dead for months or my mother. I think a lot of people like, hate listen to the show. They hate listen, yeah. they, they listen out of hate. Like They just wait for you to say something they don't like and immediately just start... Ripping you on the internet. Well, you do realize that uh, over the years, Howard Stern, Don Imus, all these greats, they would talk about that all the time. Stern said all the time, if they like you, eh, they have to hate you, which they do with me, or love you, which they do in much bigger numbers with me. If they like you, you're a nice guy, eh, nobody cares. That's not compelling. So that's the good news. The good news is now you're in a stratosphere with some of the all-time greats when, in fact, they do what they do. Yeah. But it always surprises me and shocks me 
that somebody could be that stupid. But I, I would never yet, be. Yet, I'm going to take these people's advice on what to do on this radio show. Are you nuts? I don't fun. even want to take Matt Meany's advice or anybody else for that matter. Said so you should never be uh, surprised by stupidity because whatever you think is the, the limit, someone will immediately top it. Right. I mean, look at Kanye said, West. Exactly. <laughs> you didn't think it'd get worse, but it, it only does. It keeps getting right. worse and worse. So, anyway, congratulations, uh, Lou and, and Macedonia, Phil and Justin Ellick, because the truth is I would get these ratings without you, but I'd be a dick if I said that. So thank you very much. I think you just did say it, though. I did? Yeah, a little bit. Well, well you went halfway there. Delete that, I guess. It's on the record. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys are great. It's a team effort. It really is. So, <laughs> Corey, that right. that was sincere. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. At least I, I said it. <laughs> At least I said it. Oh, I feel good yeah. today. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I get to vote. <laughs> you know, Noam Layden, who was our new news director, he actually told me that he was at WOR for a long time, you know. And he said... That they say that they win in the morning. Of course they do. Okay, but no, no, there's, there's only, there's, these are real numbers, which, are, which were delivered to me, by the way, by somebody who has nothing to do with this station or WOR, but is one of the most powerful radio people in this city. These are real numbers you can look at. 12 plus, if you double OR's ratings in the morning, double them, and add another seven-tenths of a percentage point, they tie me. Double and add seven tenths, and they tie me. That's that is a severe beating. That's a lot of math. Yeah. Hang on, maybe maybe, maybe they uh, maybe they came to the conclusion by running a poll. Is that what it was? Maybe. <laughs> People voted. I guess they voted. Yeah, right, a lot to do today. We got uh, three really cool guests stopping by today. Rudy Giuliani, he's going to be here coming up at seven forty. Judge Janine Pirro, who I believe is the MC tonight. I have this really cool event I'm going to, Tunnel to Towers Annual Gala. And tonight they're actually honoring two wonderful people who I love very much, John and Margot Katsimatidis, well-deserved. That's coming up tonight. And I think Piero is the MC. I mean, I've got some stuff to do on stage. So does Rita Cosby. So Janine will join us coming up at about 8.50. And then Mike Love from the Beach Boys traveling the country with the very handsome John Stamos. Is going to join us at nine oh five. They do something for Christmas, I think, every year, Lou. I don't even know. I don't even know. Put up a tree. I think so. Something like that. Yeah. So they're all stopping by today. Plus, as always, your phone calls one eight hundred eight four eight WABC one eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Once again, check out page thirty in today's New York Post. Thank you, John Katzmatidis. We are Sid and friends in the morning. And once again, yesterday, number one. By a mile, only right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Happy Friday, folks. Podcast Network.
<laughs> there it is. Uh, Night Shift is such a great movie. Rolling Stones for you, 624. What a day I've got ahead of me today. This show, which of course is my passion, my love, till 10 o'clock. Then I have to go tanning. <laughs> then I have to have some lunch. How many hours is that? That's exactly 12 minutes in a booth. And then uh, at 12.30, I have to be at the Fox News building with my beautiful outfit today, my blue velvet vest and my brand new brown jacket, which I bought from Anthony at the garage. have to be at the Fox News building at 12.30. I'll be a guest on Brian Kilmeade's very popular One Nation television show, which airs Saturday nights on Fox News. And that'll be from 12.30 to 1.30. Don't forget, watch it. Tomorrow night, hey, Phil, do me a favor. I forget now. Is Kilmeade show on, I think it's on 7 o'clock, but it may be 8 o'clock. Saturday night's One Nation. I'll be on tomorrow night. And then when I'm done there at 1.30, I got to catch the 2.15 ferry back to Rockaway. That'll get me back about 3.30. And then uh, Jake Roberts set me up nicely yesterday. Him and Chad, I got a car picking me and Danielle up at 4.15, 45 minutes later. Take us back to the city to go to the Marriott Marquis to celebrate John and Margot at this Tunnel to Towers Frank Siller event later on tonight. And then at about 9.30, we get back in the car and head back to Rockaway. So I'll get home probably about 11 o'clock tonight. And then I'll have sex and go to bed. 8 p.m.? Yeah. That's a pretty busy day, no, Lewis? Was that the sex? Or that was the, uh, I don't know what the 8, 8 p.m. was? There'll be no oh. sex at 8 p.m. tonight. Oh. I'll, oh, be in, I'll be in a ballroom with hundreds oh, of people. Oh, thought you know. you were be right, like, that shouldn't stop you. Maybe <laughs> maybe it won't stop me. No, I think there's a, mor- there's a morgue close by you can try there. There's like, for... <laughs> a morgue. New guy! Such a great movie. God, that was great. No, there was other famous people. You know who else was in that? Besides uh, Henry Winkler and Michael Keaton and Shelley Long, the guy that delivered his sandwich every day is a great character actor. I don't know what his name is. But he was the same guy that was kicking the can in the subway station with Patrick Swayze in the great movie Ghost. He's been in a million other things. You know Kevin Costner is in this movie? In which one? Night Shift? Yes. He's one of the guys walking down the street or something? Frat boy? He's a frat boy, okay. Well, wasn't, I think Kevin Costner, who of course now writes, directs, and stars in television's best show by a distance, Yellowstone, he was the dead body that you never saw in that really popular movie, Back in the 80s, remember they went to a funeral, all these young couples, and they all got together. It was a hugely successful movie. And he played the dead guy that you never saw. He was in the oh, coffin. Oh, oh, you mean um, uh, Big Chill. Big Chill, very good, right. yes. Oh, he was yes. the dead guy, yeah. Kevin Costner. He was, I think they edited him out. Right, actually. they took him out. Right, right. But he was gonna, going to be their friend who died. Correct. In yeah. college, yeah. right. I didn't know he was a night shift, though. I'm looking at the cast. I didn't What's know What's the name was. of that guy? The guy that... Vincent Schiavelli. Yes, Vincent Schiavelli. Very good. Is that the guy from Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Same guy. Same guy. He played the science teacher. Yes. Very good, Lou. (laughs) Hey, give me a break. I just switched to Sanka. (laughs) So have a heart. See, this is my fear about bringing in too many people to sit on the show because they can't do this type of stuff. (laughs) And this this is why you become number one. I mean, I got news for you. Everyone's going to talk about Kanye West today. Everybody. Everybody's going to talk about <laughs> Eric Adams taking mentally ill people off the street, which is a great idea. Great idea. They're all going to talk about the same thing. 
But when you play great music, when you talk about sports. Nobody's talking about night shifts. No one's talking, <laughs> right. When you make pop culture references, that's how you get to number one. Richard Belzer is in this Yes, movie. he was. He get, played one of the cops. Oh, yeah. The very first scene when the body goes flying out the window. He, <laughs> wow, he's at the really bottom of the it. building. Oh, my wow. And Richard Belzer goes on to become a big cop in Law & Order. And he's a comedian. There's a guy. I mean, he's out of Governors yeah. with Rob Bartlett. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He used to be out with Howard all the time, right? All Richard the time. Belzer? All the time. Yeah. Wow, this is a big huge cast. <laughs> no, it's a crazy cast. I'm going to have to watch this this weekend. You're going to watch it again, right? Yeah, I think I am, too. It. Maybe yeah. we'll watch it together. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's uh, play some of this Kanye West stuff on uh, Alex Jones. What is the name of that, uh, Phil? What's his? Alex Jones. What's his? Infowars? Right, Infowars. Do you watch that? Why would you assume I watched Because you know the name right away. I mean, I don't... You know the name of a lot of things you don't watch, don't you? I do, yes. Okay. Don't yell at me. Okay, sorry. But you're right about that. I do know the name of a lot of things yeah, I don't uh, watch. A lot of people do. I think... But, but didn't you... I don't know. I don't want to do this again, but... Uh, didn't you defend Alex no, Jones? No, no. Are you sure? Uh, yes. Mm. He's not sure. Yeah, I'm not even sure about that. I, I didn't defend him. Mm, here we go. You see, now he's pulling back a little bit. <laughs> Shouldn't have put that. In. It yeah. was. It wasn't. It wasn't exactly a defense. Well, what, what would you call it? Because uh, I think Alex Jones is every bit the low life that Kanye West is. Yeah, I thought. I just thought he was funny for a while before he like he went he before like, he he went overboard. Right when he said that dead dads weren't dead. Yeah, right, that, that's when he went yeah, overboard. I, 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 overboard. Took, yeah. I, I didn't take him seriously. That's why no. I found him funny. Yeah, there's a lot a lot of things. He was the only person missing at that dinner with Donald Trump on Saturday night. It would have been great. It would have been a fantastic. Nick quartet. Fuentes, Milo Yiannopoulos, Kanye West, Alex Jones. Trump. He's got my vote today, folks. I'll say it again. He's got my vote today. He's a moron. Kanye West gets it. Yeah. Here's uh, Kanye and Alex Jones show rambling on about him and this uh, neo-Nazi Jew hater Nick Fuentes. <laughs> you can't make this up. They're like the team of free thought, I guess. Play number four. Number four. Well, I said with Ali Alexander and Nick Fuentes that we're like the SWAT team of free thought. Like and I go in with this battle <laughs> ram at the door, and then they come in with these laser beams and have that information. You and we this? work together as a team. A lot of times They're the a media, team. they want to single out yeah. one person and burn them to the core. That is a Zionist approach. And they're oh, asking the Jews. me See? to use that same approach. Well, hey, don't say all people people just say specifically the businessman and then i go on lex freeman and i say who it's specifically and that's still not what he's talking about no idea what he's saying here you know what he's saying here i just stop team with laser beams stop it see alex jones denied sandy hook which is horrendous and this guy nick fuentes is a holocaust denier which is every bit as bad maybe worse they killed six million now he goes on kanye to talk about him and nick fuentes being yeah you guys did why not Hitler, great. Putin, too. Great guy. Kanye West, number five. In terms of Ukraine and Russia, I haven't really seen so much of that in the news. I'm, of course, pro-Putin. I'm very pro-Russia. Um, you know, I am also. Let's go. I am also. You hear this? Yeah, I am also. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. But as if, as if being pro-Putin is not bad enough. Let me explain this to you kids out there listening right now on the way to school. Okay, listen, Uncle Sid. There's one person. In the history of the world, you never, ever want to compliment, no matter what. His name, kiddies, is Adolf Hitler, because he killed not just 6 million Jews, but 10 million people. He killed Christians and black people as well. Nearly wiped out my whole race. 
but he killed other people too. He was a bad boy. And only one person on the planet that I know of, that's famous at least, not one of these skinheads, can find a way to compliment Adolf Hitler. Do you want to guess, little kids, who that person may be? Play number six. I I see I I see good things about Hitler also. Oh, come on. The Jew, I love everyone, and Jewish people are not going to tell me you can love, um, you know, us, and you can love what we're doing to you with the contracts, and you can love what we're you know what we're pushing with the pornography. But <laughs> this guy that what? invented highways, he went to the highways, Hitler. Yes. Microphone that I use as a <laughs> the microphone. You can't say out loud that this person ever did anything good. <laughs> And I'm done with that. Oh, I'm done God. with the classifications. Every human being has something of value that is that true? to the table. Yeah. Especially Hitler. Yeah, especially Hitler. Something of value, especially Hitler. Well, we could make a, a pros and cons chart. We could put the <laughs> cons. Can. He uh, did. He did build highways. Well, listen, the cons. You know, he did slaughter six million Jews brutally. Ten the million pros, people overall. Right? Yeah, the pros, the highways, the microphones. <laughs> highways these are good things. Microphones. Well, he's not done yet. He praised Putin. He praised <laughs> Hitler. Let's keep going, Kanye. At this point, it doesn't matter. Let's praise all the Nazis. They're all fine folks. This is Kanye cut number seven. All I'm telling you is, is that. Just because you hate the globalists, what they're doing, and I get it. Klaus Schwab's I don't, grandfather I don't hate, I don't hate was anybody. a Nazi. Okay, I there's Nazis above the ADL. Yeah, but Nazis are, like, kind of cool. Nazis? Hold on a second. Hold on one second now. Did he actually say Nazis are kind of cool? I didn't hear that. Hey. Fonzie and the Nazis. So now we found this. There's more. The psycho Alex Jones is also a Holocaust denier. He's another lawyer, but that's fine. So we found this montage, not me, you guys did. uh, That's why you guys are great. Of Hasidic rabbis back in November. This was back in November during the I Hate Jews tour that Kanye West went on. These are Hasidic rabbis back in November telling us how they feel about Kanye. Now, mind you, Kanye's gotten even worse. I mean, this yesterday, I like Nazis, I like Hitler, I like Putin. This is worse than anything he's ever said, and he's been brutal before. But even back in November, a month ago, the Hasidic rabbis took issue with Kanye West. Here's a little montage. It's cut number 13, Lewis, and it sounds like this. I heard that he said things that weren't nice about Jewish people. I would give him some gefilte fish and kugel and chicken soup. He would say, that's delicious. I'm coming back for more. We decided uh, that we need to educate Kanye, and we invite Kanye to come to our community. And let's see. He has mental health issues. The only thing I could do is bless him with a speedy recovery. He should have good health. I want to tell you that I heard uh, Kanye says that he's a Hebrew, but if next Kanye's uh, revelation or enlightenment will be that he's a Russian Jew, see if Kanye can appreciate some vodka and herring, he's welcome to come to us. And he kind of looks Russian. The Jewish people are just way too forgiving. Tony Zanovich, and I don't pronounce that incorrectly. I apologize, Tony. He's on my Instagram page, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney. He says, hey, Sid, with Mayor Adams' new policy, will the NYPD institutionalize Kanye if he comes to New York City? And they should, because he's mentally ill. He's not homeless, but he's mentally ill. He should be institutionalized, Tony, to your point, right away, yes. Anyway, a lot more to come this morning. Again, Woody Giuliani, Judge Janine Pirro, Mike Love from the Beach Boys. Check out page 30 in today's New York Post. 
beautiful ad put in there by John Katzmatidis with the new name of this radio show, which is now officially, as of 6 a.m. this morning, Sid and Friends in the Morning. Traffic and sports are coming up next, but right now it's time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. It's the 77 WABC minicast. You hear about these, Lewis? Uh, no, I didn't. All right. Well, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The 77 WABC minicast is where you get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Here, I believe it's uh, Katz and Curtis talk about a New York race under dispute. There's an assembly race in Brooklyn in New York that there's still a problem about, and is it a, there's another one with a guy named Sullivan. Tell us about them. Both these assembly races were won by the Republican candidates, Tom Sullivan and the Rockaways, uh, and he won by 300 votes over the uh, sitting assemblywoman named Pfeiffer. They went to court. There were 96 disputed ballots that both the Republicans and Democrats said have to be rejected because the absentee ballots were not filled out right. And the mother, Audrey Pfeiffer, is the county clerk. And they were in the state Supreme Court today trying to cure the ballots and take the election away from Tom Sullivan. That's strike one. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. My guy, Pete Morgan, Peerless Boilers. Check him out, peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. Bad news for Joe Nolan. His New Jersey Devils, so far at least one of the best teams in the NHL, and certainly of the three local teams, they played the best so far. Not last night. Here's my guy Justin Ellick to tell you more about it. Well, they almost had it, Sydney. They needed overtime uh, to suffer the loss last night, the Nashville Predators, and that they did. Uh, it would need overtime after uh, Nashville's Michael Granlund netted the equalizer with just nine seconds left in regulation. From there was the Preds' Ryan Johansson, who assumed the hero's role, finding the back of the net just 33 seconds into the extra period to give Nashville the 4-3 to win. Up next for the Devils is a trip to Philadelphia to face off with the Flyers tomorrow night. As for your remaining local clubs, they'll both be back on the ice tonight. The Rangers get the Ottawa Senators at the Garden at 7 p.m. Eastern time, while the Islanders will be out in Elmont skating with the aforementioned Predators at 7.30. Looking forward to hardwood action tonight as well as the Nets will be balling in Brooklyn tonight at 7.30 p.m. with the Toronto Raptors. As for the Knicks, they're off until tomorrow when the Dallas Mavericks come into town for an early afternoon bout. And kicking off Week 12, it was the Buffalo Bills covering the spread on Thursday Night Football as they leave Foxborough with a 24-10 victory over the Patriots. Locally on the gridiron this weekend, both teams playing Sunday's 1 p.m. slate of games as the Jets are in Minnesota taking on the Vikings as three-point underdogs. Here was Jets head coach Robert Sala on what he expects to see from Minnesota come Sunday. They're damn good. There's a reason why they're uh, the record they have. They've beaten everybody in our division. Um, they beat Miami. They beat Buffalo. They beat New England. They're they're very talented. Um, offensively, they've got skilled players. They're very well coached. Um, defensively, they're very veteran, uh, very smart. They play smart style of football. So um, it's going to be a challenge. Challenge indeed. See how Mike White fares in his second game as the Jets starter. As for the Giants, there will be one and a half point home underdogs with the Washington Commanders coming into town. Here with your bottom of the hour sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
More good news for New York. It looks like the Yankees don't want to be outbid uh, for Aaron Judge. They would offer him an eight-year deal in the neighborhood of $300 million. That is more than Sid Rosenberg gets paid. No one should get paid more than Sid, so I'm a little upset by that. Kilmeade follows me every morning at 10 a.m. right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. He's on TV as we speak, Fox and Friends, and has that great show Saturday nights on Fox News, One Nation, which I'll be on tomorrow night. No one should make more than Sid Rosenberg. And, um, well, that's silly, of course. Do you, you believe it? Stop saying it. Well, that's silly. Of well, no, I shouldn't get $300 million, but that's silly. But um, a couple more books wouldn't hurt. <laughs> So many, 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 many years ago, we um, assigned this guys, you know, Bernard, God rest his soul, my buddy, and Lewis, and me, and Charles, and all of us, used to do the radio show from a place called Kaufman Astoria Studios in Astoria, Queens. place was a dump, and it was perfect for radio. It was. Perfect. It was really a dump. It really was. I mean, right around the corner downstairs with the Lifetime Studios, Bill Cosby did shows there. There was mold everywhere. The ceilings were coming down. Leaks. There was leaks. Water leaking from was the just... side of the corners of the rooms. And let me say it again. It was perfect for radio because there was no business atmosphere. Like, I've done a million shows at FAN since. I was just on with Craig and Evan on WFAN about a month ago. And now they're in a building on Hudson Street, which is a business building. The radio intimacy, it's gone. Gone. The one thing about this building, I'm going to give John credit here, which I always do anyway because I love him and that's fine, is even though this is a business building, here we are on 3rd Avenue in in New York City, this second floor of this building does have that radio feel. They've been able to keep that, but it's still not like it was in the old days when you had some dilapidated radio station, and that's that's what radio was. It was great. Then they decided uh, we did a deal with MSNBC. So a lot of mornings, instead of being in Queens, Don and Charles and me would be in Secaucus. Not you guys. You and Bernie would be back in the studios in Queens. You were in Secaucus? Yeah, a bunch of times. Okay. Oh, I was sitting right there when Contessa Brewer got her ass whipped. I mean, I was hysterical for her. So I remember, like, the first day I was there, there was this really attractive, I mean really attractive woman. Not as pretty as Danielle, if you're listening, Dan. Not even close. (laughs) Not even close. But she was pretty. Really pretty, blonde, you know, the blue eyes, the whole thing. And um, she was a kid, you know, just started in the business. I think that was her first job many, many years ago. And her name was Amy Robach. 
And now Amy Robach is on every front page of every paper in New York City today because she went on to graduate from getting yelled at by IMIS and MSNBC and become a huge star on Good Morning America, Channel 7. I mean, legitimately. And she's a very talented lady. Forget about whether she's good looking or not, but she is. Very talented lady. And she deserves all of this. But now she's having this torrid affair with somebody else on Good Morning America, and they're both still married. And according to everything I'm reading, the spouses of these two are destroyed because it's bad enough when one of the spouses is having an affair, especially if the other spouse still loves them. But this one is being played out in every newspaper across the city. Yeah, you can't escape. It's on the cover. And when they went to Amy... And uh, her beau, what, what is this guy's name? This uh, His name is uh, T.J. Holmes. T.J. Holmes. They went to them, and according to the paper, not ashamed after the affair news. And if you're thinking, well, maybe they'll get fired because they've done this, you're not supposed to have sex with a co-worker in the same place, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> New York Post on page 9, it reads, jobs are safe if ratings are good. So when you hear me talking about ratings all the time, all the time, and mine are exceptional. That's how the game works, folks. Radio, TV, you get ratings, you have a little more rope to hang yourself that with. That still doesn't sound right but to is me. But it, it has it not it's, been true forever? It's forever. Tr- it's true. Craig Carton got ratings. He went to a federal prison, and as soon as he got out, he got rehired. If Craig Carton was getting 2.5s, he'd A, probably still be in jail, but working at a restaurant. They couldn't wait to rehire him. He committed a felony. Well, look at the sports guys all over the place. Look at what's going to happen this week. Deshaun Watson's coming back. He's coming back. And, and by the way, got $250 million guaranteed. And was ex- was pretty much, would you say, exonerated from these charges? Like, Absolutely. Yeah, there was, Ridiculous. Was, there was grand jury things, right? They, they all dropped, went away. Dropped, yeah. so if you perform in, in sports or you get ratings and radio TV, it. you're going to work. Yeah, they're not going to get rid of these two. But this was blatantly saying, like, okay, this is against our policy, but if you keep doing well, yeah, that's you, okay. st- you get to stay. Right. That doesn't, that's you know, something strange about that. Does listen, they come out and say that? The one thing about our boss here, John, is... Trump was kind of like this when he was president. One of the good things about Trump when he was president was you couldn't buy him. You couldn't buy him. Guys worth a couple of billion dollars, and you couldn't. But you can buy Biden all day long, which they have. The Chinese have bought him. Ukraine has bought him. Him and his degenerate son couldn't buy Trump. You can't buy Katsimatidis. So John will even make decisions here based on morality, based on how he feels, and he don't care about the money. He don't care. That's a good thing and a bad thing. It's a bad thing for the guys in sales. But it's a good thing for the face of the company. If something tawdry like that happened here, I think John would fire everybody. I don't care what their ratings are. Because you're not going to buy John Katzmatidis. He don't care about the money. But in every other or most other TV stations, radio stations, if you're generating revenue, which I do, and you get great ratings, then they're going to find a way to make whatever you're doing bad not look so bad. Not here. John, he won't allow that. But most places, including Channel 7, that seems to be the case. So they got pictures of, like, Amy and TJ Holmes taking selfies together. 
you know, smiling together. Cute. And these poor spouses got to see this, the kids, and I don't know. Kind of sucks. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Anchors have no shame after secret affair exposed. Good moaning America. That is a brilliant cover by the New York Post. Good moaning America. You like that? I love it. Plus, there's other people that are upset because she's white and he's black. And, you know, there's still plenty of racists in this country. They don't want to see that. Me, I couldn't care less. But they're even more angry about that, that she's with a black guy. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Than the fact that they just destroyed their spouse's lives and their kids. No, no, no. He's a black guy. (laughs) I guess that's what Kanye West is talking about every now and then. Which is fine until he starts... Telling us what a good guy Adolf Hitler was. (laughs) 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 Nazis were cool. Ah, They were all right. That's right. (laughs) Cheating on your spouse is cool. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Still to come next hour, the very popular Daily Bill O'Reilly morning message. Comes your way about 725 every weekday with me. Coming up at 740, America's mayor. A star here every day at 3 o'clock, the great Rudy Jewel. We'll talk to John Janine Pirro coming up at about 8.50 this morning. Mike Love from the Beach Boys coming up at 9.05. Plus, some more surprises along the way. You are listening to Sid and Friends in the Morning, the number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York City and the self-proclaimed best talk show anywhere in America. And we'll be back on Talk Radio 77 WABC right after this. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. My man Lou Rapino on Love Hangover, Diana Ross, as we close out what was a great hour number one. You know, this uh, Amy Robach story gets even more interesting because I guess the 80s, the 90s, I don't remember exactly when it was, but I never missed Melrose Place. I'm a huge fan of a guy named Jack. Oh, God, no, I forgot his last name. He wow. played Frisco on General Hospital. He's a Wag- singer. Wagner. Thank you. Jack Wagner. Well, that's, I feel bad for me that I know that. You, I don't know how you knew that either. But uh, those are two of my favorite characters, Frisco and Felicia, when I watched GH many years ago. I still watch it with Sonny, by the way. But back then, I never missed it. Frisco and Felicia with Jack Wagner. You had Tony Geary. It was a Luke and Laura. All those uh, folks. And Jack Wagner went on to become the big star in Melrose Place with Heather Locklear and these other folks. 
And the um, the male star, I guess, of that show was Andrew Shu, who played Billy, good-looking kid. And he's married to Amy Robach. That's so she's crazy. cheating on Billy from Melrose Place. You can't hmm. cheat on Billy. It really is Melrose Place. I know. She's cheating on Billy from Melrose Place. Remember his sister, Elizabeth Shue? Yeah. Wasn't she in that movie with Adven- Nick Cage in Vegas? Adventures in Babysitting, though, she was in, too. I thought Leaving Las Vegas. Le- but both she them. was in both? Because Leaving Las Vegas yes. was a scary yes. scene, that one. Oh, where she Yeah, 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 yeah. So my girl Amy be cheating on Billy from Murrow's place. All right, with hour number two, which includes Bill O'Reilly's morning message and the great Rudy Giuliani. There's some more Diana Ross and Deb Valentine with the news. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Baby girl. Leave it. I like this part here, wouldn't you? Jump in here, Billy. Amy, what you gonna do? Hey, who sings this song? It's Pure Prairie League. I was trying to say. The Pure Prairie League. Yeah. Say Vince Gill is in this group? Yeah, he is. He was in the group. I got a quick Vince Gill story. So it's the late 1990s. And I'm working with a guy named Scott Kaplan, who's been on the show with me and Bernard before. God bless Bernard. And um, God rest his, his soul, I should say. Scott is a sport talk, uh, sports talk show host in San Diego slash Los Angeles. But he was my first partner back in radio in the late 1990s. And uh, we got syndicated, finally, by Sports Fan Radio Network and then Joel Hollander, Westwood One. We're on about 60 markets across America. This is about 1998, 1999, almost 25 years ago now. And um, we get invited to all these major events all over the country. And I'm brand new with this. I mean, brand new. So we get a call from John Daly. We're in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. We get a call from John Daly, puts on this annual golf tournament in Tennessee. And he wants us to come out there and do our show live from the tournament. And he goes, look, you guys are sports guys. I've got Steve Spurrier. Michael Jordan, all these big names are like, oh, absolutely, we're coming. This sounds great. So we make our way to uh, to Tennessee, Scott and I, and we do the show from there. And uh, part of the weekend deal was, and they paid for everything. John Daly paid for everything. We do the show from the golf course, and that night we are going to go to the Grand Ole Opry. <laughs> so the Brooklyn Sid Rosenberg sticks out like a sore thumb. At the Grand Ole Opry, you got a bunch of folks in the middle of summer wearing flannel shirts and cut-off jean shorts, and I'm walking around in my, you know, my tight Brooklyn sweatsuit. I mean, stuck out like a sore thumb. 
Had the barbecue out there. It was great. It's a beautiful uh, state, by the way. So we go inside and we watch Vince Gill. That was the act that night, Vince Gill. And I don't know anything about country music. I know nothing about Vince Gill. I'm like, who is this guy? So he's up on stage. And by the end of the show, Lewis, he calls up some lady who's sitting in the audience to come up and join him. And they sing that song. Oh, my God, I should know this. It's a very godly song. I saw Bocelli do it with his daughter. Um, it was beautiful, actually. High on the mountain or something? No. no. Okay. No. Anyway, they, they, it was call, Vince Gill, though. You're it was Vince Gill, and he calls this lady up, and she goes on stage and sings with them. So they're about halfway through the number, and I look over at Scott, and I go, is this guy married? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, I think he's banging this singer over here. He goes, Sid, Sid, Sid. I know you don't know who these people are, but that singer is Amy Grant. Amy Grant is a gospel singer. She's all about Jesus. She would never do anything like that. No, you, you're way off on this one. I go, okay. I'm just telling you, I don't know him. I don't know her. But watching them together on stage, he's banging her. No way. Not Amy Grant. Okay, fine. We go back to Florida. It's about a week later. <laughs> Entertainment Tonight. You name it. Every major magazine show. Shocking blockbuster, Vince Gill and Amy Grant having an affair. Oh, my God, yeah. And I called it a week before watching them perform (laughs) on stage, and they're going to me, Sid, you don't get it. She's a gospel singer. She would never do that. I go, okay, I don't know who she is. I'm telling you, these two are having sex. Your radar, the Sid radar. Yeah, I'm good with that stuff. And she stopped singing gospel then, too. Well, I would think so. so well, she yeah. went into pop I mean, Jesus too. still loves her, just I like he guess. still loves Amy Robach, but. Yeah, well, we hope. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, they're married, I think. I think they are, yes. They're married. Leslie Slender checks in, our great salesperson, our best. He says, uh, effing genius with the music. So, that one was a Lou uh, Rufino pick, right? They're like most of them are. So, I want to get to some of this other audio we've got. We played a lot of Kanye in the first hour. We've got uh, Rudy Giuliani coming up at 740. Judge Janine Pirro shall emcee this wonderful event later on tonight, honoring John and Margot Katsimatidis. How deserved is that? At the Marriott Marquis, she'll be here at 850. And then Mike Love from the Beach Boys talking about great music coming up at 905. But I did invite Michael Rappaport on the show later on today. I know a lot of you sound like Michael Rappaport. I, I, I don't care anymore. I'm so tired of it. Yes, he's a liberal. Yes, he says bad things about Trump. I can't stand that about Mike, but I love Mike Rappaport. He's a very nice guy. He's a friend of mine for many years. He's a tremendous actor. You like uh, Rappaport, Lewis? Um, I have to. You don't have to. I'll tell you I don't like him. You don't like him? Not at all. Why don't you like him? Uh, I think he's very... Uh... Well, first of all, did I ask you? No. I just said, Lou, do you like uh, yeah, Mike that's, Rappaport? That's why I said, well, I'll say. Well, well, let me hold on a second. And this has to. This is a very important one about the place here because there's other people going to be my quote unquote friends are going to be hopping on the <laughs> are show. Are we not the friends? No are one we? is a, no one is allowed on this show to just put their mic on unless I refer to them, except for Lewis. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> wow, That's it. A new edict. I'm That's already. a new edict. Okay. I don't care if Giuliani's sitting here, whoever they bring in, whoever wants to come in. No one puts on their mic unless I refer to them first, except for Lewis. Okay, listen. This mic. Now tell me why you don't like Rappaport. <laughs> Phil, now mic- that I now that I introduced you. Oh, hey, thanks, thanks, Sid. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, this mic doesn't turn on that much, and the ratings start dipping. Don't blame me. Oh, so you're going to take the credit for the ratings. I, I, right. I'm, no, not that's fine. Take, I'm not going to take credit, but oh. if they start dipping, and I right. st- talk less. Well, you're part of the reason why we do well. So, again, what is your opinion on Mike Rappaport? <laughs> God damn it, get to it. I just don't like him. Okay. Uh, Lou, why don't you like Mike Rappaport? I, I, because he, 
he he doesn't sound so intelligent to me when he's uh, refer. You know, oh, hold on a second. All of a sudden, intelligence is a barometer for what you you see. Who you work with in this place every day? Look at me. <laughs> what is that? Look at me. <laughs> intelligence. Frankie Diaz, Phil Macedonia, Justin Ellick. The, the, to me, they seem more Einsteinish than uh, okay. Michael Rappaport. Well, I gotta say. you're going to like what he had to say here. He sounds like Einstein right here, right now, when he's talking about Kanye West and um, Alex Jones. This is the actor Michael Rappaport, my friend, cut number fourteen. He nails it. It's a little graphic. We had to beep out the curses. Number fourteen. There's no coming back, scumbag Kanye West. You miserable motherfucker, gimp mask wearing motherfucker. You're sitting there talking to a person who, God forbid, your kids were in that classroom in Sandy Hook. He denied that that happened. That's where you're at. And you're bringing up the most despicable person ever and saying there's good in him in a gimp mask. You're, you're, there's, there's whole, you think that Adolf Hitler wouldn't have thrown your ass in an oven or shot you in the street and not even thought twice about it, you dumb f- There's no good in him. And at this point, I believe what was good in you is gone. And your mother, God rest her soul, would be ashamed of you. Your mother would have been ashamed of you and what you've become. So if you missed it, that's Michael Rappaport. I got. I, I just want to clarify. So he just, he doesn't agree with what Kanye said. I kind of yeah. Okay. yeah he I kind of disagrees. But if you did sure. miss it, here is what Kanye West had to say yesterday on the Alex Jones Show about Adolf Hitler. And we did play this earlier. It's worth playing again. Cut number six. I I see I I see good things about Hitler also. Oh, stop. The Jew. I love everyone, and Jewish people are not going to tell me you can love um you know us and you can love what we're doing to you with the contracts and you can love what we're you know what we're pushing with the pornography but this guy that invented highways invented the very microphone that i use as a musician (laughs) you can't say out loud that this person ever did anything good and i'm done with that I'm done with the classifications. Every human being has something of value that they brought to the table, especially Hitler. How especially about Hitler, yes. He goes on to say that Hitler didn't kill all these uh, Jews, I guess. This cut I haven't heard yet. This will be the first time for me as well. This is Kanye on the Alex Jones Show, Lewis, cut number 11. It's like he had a really cool outfit and stuff, and he was a really good architect. And, uh, and so you're in love with the with the with the with, the, with the, archi- the, the the look of it. And he didn't kill six million Jews. That's just like oh, factually incorrect. Oh, no, let's get the Ronald Reagan clip they showed me yesterday. Sorry, go ahead. Ronald Reagan said that too. Well, I think Hitler did target and kill some people. So I think you know. So, I think Obama no, no. killed Palestinians. Oh, no, I hear you. Here, here's where I think I the frustration is. Nick, you can comment on this. And Obama this? was not the first black president. He was another Jewish president. Obama was not the first black president. He was a Jewish president. And by the way, Hitler didn't kill Jews, but Obama killed Palestinians. And Alex Jones is just sitting there like, Alex, say something. That sounds like two drunks sitting in the bar just trying to figure out what history is. You know what's scary about this? (laughs) Kat sends me this text at 3.15 in the morning how Elon Musk booted... Kanye, he banned him from Twitter. So congratulations, Elon Musk. He's already a hero to me. He's already a hero. He kicked him off Twitter. But do you realize 
When you talk about two drunks in a bar, not even close. You know why? Because two drunks at Healy's this afternoon or Rogers this afternoon, like my driver, Freddie, no one cares. But the reason why this is really sickening and dangerous is Kanye West has 19 million followers on Instagram. Kanye West, before Elon Musk banned him yesterday, 32 million followers on Twitter. These are the people that defend him. I go on there, I look at it. The same morons that defended Kyrie Irving for the last couple of weeks. Who, they are still defending. Who believe him. Yes. Yeah, that's the that's So it's dangerous. <laughs> Obama. Jeez. Obama actually spoke yesterday. <laughs> I guess he's in Georgia, and he's stumping for Warnock in this runoff between Herschel and Warnock, which will take place this Tuesday, the 6th. And it's either going to go 50-50 in the Senate, where, of course, because of the VP vote, the Democrats still have the edge, or even a bigger edge for the Democrats at 51-49 if, in fact, they do win Georgia. So Obama was making fun of Herschel Walker. Here's Barack Obama yesterday, cut number 19. Since the last time I was here, <laughs> since the last time I was here, Mr. Walker has been talking about issues that are of great importance to the people of Georgia. Like whether it's better to be a vampire or a werewolf. <laughs> Did he do that? This is a debate that I must confess I once had myself. <laughs> when I was seven. Funny. Then I grew up. Oh, you did. In case you're wondering, by the way, Mr. Walker decided he wanted to be a werewolf. Which is great. As far as I'm concerned, he can be anything he wants to be. Except for a United States senator. Oh, see what he did there? Barack Obama. Funny maybe guy. Should have been a vampire. Yeah. Though, maybe. Did he have that? Did, was that, did that conversation take place? I'm not aware of it. If it did, I don't. I don't care, but that's... I think I heard it. I'll okay. look. Well, Herschel was on Sean Hannity last night on Fox News, and he still thinks he's going to win. I know the latest count this morning has Warnock up by just a little, but Herschel Walker thinks he's going to win. If you want to find out why that's the case, we'll play it for you. Courtesy of Sean Hannity and Fox News, Lewis, Herschel Walker cut number 18. Well, I think the high turnout is going to favor me, and it's high because people want to have their voices heard. <laughs> They want to have their vote counted. And right now, people are getting engaged in what's happening around the country and also in the state of Georgia. I think they see Raphael went up for who he is. You can tell that they're getting nervous because they got Obama here again. So he's bringing in his celebrities. But his celebrities comes in because that's where his money comes from. So that's why I encourage everybody all the time to go to TeamHersher.com because they're not going to buy this seat. Everyone's needed to know Georgia is not for sale. That's good. George is not for sale. That's a, he, is a, he is a rough, rough candidate. Let's be honest, folks. Yeah, yes, you've, you've uh, stated that before. Yes, You're I right. did. You're right. <laughs> 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Still to come this hour, Bill O'Reilly's very popular morning message is coming up next. And then the mayor, the man himself, 3 o'clock every week to hear on WABC, the great Rudy Giuliani. All that this hour alone. Right here with me, Sid and Friends in the Morning on Talk Radio 77, WABC.
Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Friday, right on time, the Director of Homeland Security, the always impressive Alejandro Mayorkas, has issued a warning that far-right anti-Semites may be planning to attack Jews and other minority groups. This is standard issue from Mayorkas, who has never acknowledged that last year, out of 690 mass shootings in America, only seven were perpetuated by a lone gunman. That stat comes from the Violence Project, which defines mass shootings as four or more people being hit by gunfire. The threat of gun violence comes primarily from criminal drug gangs that are terrorizing inner cities. But you never hear that, right, from the Biden administration. Why? Because there are too many minority criminals involved. Better to concentrate on white supremacists who apparently now run the Republican Party. And, of course, we do have far-right hate groups, loons. They're out there. Alejandro and the Justice Department have been hunting them for almost two years outside of the revolting January 6th exposition. These white nationalists have been tough to track down. Alejandro really doesn't care anyway. Donald Trump foolishly dined with two anti-Semites, so Alejandro was ordered to issue the warning. That's the way it works in Biden world. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good. Great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wagner, Frisco, of course, from General Hospital, but I believe his name was Dr. Peter Burns. That's my guess, Dr. Peter Burns on Melrose Place. And he was on that show with Billy, played by Andrew Hsu, who's married to Amy Robach, who right now is having the most famous affair in New York City. So uh, I played that cut from Barack Obama. He was making fun of Herschel Walker, and he said that at one point Herschel Walker, involved in this huge runoff Tuesday in the state of Georgia against Warnock, he said that he heard Walker saying it's better to be a vampire than a werewolf. He found that interesting, being that Herschel is running for this huge Senate race, and Walker found time to compare vampires and werewolves. Now, I didn't hear that. So I have no idea what Obama is talking about. But it finds it turns out that uh, Frankie Diaz, with an E, found this audio of Herschel Walker doing just that. And Barack Obama is right. I think this is about two minutes long. But stay with it. I've been told it's worth it. This is, in fact, Herschel Walker. Is it better to be a vampire or a werewolf? 
Oh, you ever watch a stupid movie late at night, hoping it's going to get better, don't get better, but you keep watching it anyway? Because the other night, the other night I was watching this movie, I was watching this movie called Fright Night, Freak Night, or some type of night, but it was about vampires. I don't know if you know vampires are cool people, are they not? But I'm going to tell you something that I found out. A werewolf can kill a vampire. Did you know that? I never knew that, so I didn't want to be a vampire anymore. I wanted to be a werewolf. But then, anyway, as I'm watching this movie, and then you can tell how stupid it is because it's 1 in the morning. So I'm watching my TV. Are these kids watching their TV or a vampire kill on their TV? So you know it's kind of stupid, but I'm still watching, though. As I'm watching this show, what was funny, these kids had a vampire in their attic at their house. So they were watching their TV. Now, I'm watching my TV. Are they watching their TV? Or they see the vampire killer on their TV? So they win this contest to bring this actor. Now, y'all got to stay with me. Bring this actor who's a vampire killer from that TV to get rid of this real-life vampire in that attic. So as this actor comes to their home, he got all the right stuff. He got all the right stuff because, you know, got to have a state and got to have a thing to, to kill him in the heart. And he got a necklace of garlic because that worked. I don't know what it does, but it worked. You got to have a cross because it burned. I know that worked. And then all of a sudden, this is what was so funny about it. As they're walking through the house... This, 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 this guy's got the holy water. He's blessing the house, this actor. Now, he's all fake. He's blessing the house with his holy water. They walked upstairs, and on. this vampire looking real good in this black suit. Whoa, that sounds like Senator Warnock, doesn't it? Looking all good in this black suit, floating <laughs> from the ceiling. He floated from the ceiling looking good and cool. And I'm thinking, whoa, they better get out of that house. If somebody float from your ceiling, get out of that house. That's, that's not your house. But as he floated from the ceiling, the kid jumped behind that hero. As they jumped behind that hero, the guy jumped in front of him with this holy water, threw it on the vampire's forehead. He covered his eyes. And he took his hand away. He started laughing. It's got to be a And he said, that don't work. He took the cross, he put it on the vampire's forehead. And the vampire didn't even do anything. He said, that don't work. And that's the way it is in our life. It doesn't work unless you got faith. It is time for us to have faith. We got to have faith in our fellow brother. We got to have faith in this country. So just so you know, folks, that was at a political rally in Georgia. And that was Herschel Walker. And he was, in fact, talking about a vampire and a werewolf. And, um, not that Warnock is any better, and I vote for the Republican every time, every single time. But Herschel Walker is one of the scariest candidates in the history of politics. He can run the football for me anytime. I got a third and two from a Georgia Bulldog, a Dallas Cowboy, a Minnesota Viking, a New Jersey General, a New York Giant. I'll give Herschel the ball on third and two every play. But to have him speak like that at a rally? You couldn't follow that? <laughs> oh, I could follow that. Oh, I, I couldn't follow that. You know, we did this uh, little softball game for my son, Gabriel, and our charity, Danielle and I, the Spotlight Foundation for Dyspraxia and DCD, and John Katsimatidis allowed us to use his beautiful ballpark in Staten Island back in August. You remember that, Lou and uh, Philly. And um, about 20 guys showed up. It was very nice, very cute. And we played a game, a good game, Chris Marmondo and Peter Gordio from Gravesend, we had uh, Joe Nunziata and Kono. They were there. A couple of guys from the station showed up. Frank Morano showed up. And uh, Chris Libertini. If I'm missing somebody's name, I apologize. But we had about 20 people show up. And late in the game, we had a brother combination show up. And the brothers that showed up, uh, one of the brothers, Nick Belanga, actually won the Academy Award for directing the movie Green Book. You remember that great movie with Viggo Mortensen? Did you see that, Phil? It was great, right? Yeah. Nick won the Academy Award for that, and Nick is good friends with Peter Gordio. So Nick came 
to Gabriel's little softball game on Staten Island last uh, back in August, and he came with his brother Frank, and his brother Frank had a small role in the movie, and his brother Frank was also on The Sopranos, many other things along the way. Long story short, they found Frank dead yesterday. And Peter sent me a picture of me in my Bernie and Sid red baseball shirt standing in between Nick and Frank Valanga at the softball game at the Staten Island Ferry Hawk Stadium in August. And Frank died yesterday, 60 years old. They found him dead somewhere in the Bronx. Don't know why he died, how he died, any of that. Sounds to me like a drug overdose, but I don't know that. That's just that's a shot in the dog for me. But just with this guy in August, and he couldn't have been nicer, especially to Danielle. He was super, super guy. And again, his brother is so accomplished, winning the Academy Award. So my uh, prayers and condolences, me and Danielle, go out to Peter and Nick Valanga and that whole family on that uh, very sad, untimely death. And finally... About 23 years ago, I got my first job in New York radio when WNEW Radio made a trade, and they traded. <laughs> Here was the trade, okay? They needed a morning show. They had this great lineup back then, Opie and Anthony were beating Howard Stern, and they had Ron and Fez, and they had the radio chick, and they had Don and Mike, and all these folks, you know. <clears throat> so they needed a morning show. So they made a deal with my company, Sportsline, down in Florida. If you give us Scott and Sid, Scott Kaplan, to do the morning show, we will give you unlimited advertising for your fantasy sports. So Sportsline said, fine. If you mention our fantasy sports twice an hour, we'll give you Scott and Sid. So I came to New York, and Scott and I had to meet with a guy named Ken Stevens, who was out of Washington, D.C., and some little putts named Jeremy Coleman who works at Sirius XM to this day. He's a putz. And um, so we get the job at WNEW, and we're doing the morning show. And here I was, basically an internet radio guy with no experience, and now I'm up against Don Imus, Howard Stern was still on terrestrial radio, Scott and Todd, all these, like, mega superstars. And here's Scott and Sid on 102.7 FM, two kids out of Florida with really no major experience trying to win mornings in New York. And it was a disaster. But a lot of good came out of that. My intern was a guy named Chris Olivero. He has run CBS Intercom Radio for the better part of the last 15 years. In fact, Chad worked for him. And Craig Carton worked with me during that time. And it paved the way, that job, to get me the job at WFAN, which, of course, was my first real New York radio spot. But one of my uh, favorite people at that station was a young lady in sales and whatever money I made in sales back then, she did all of it. She made it all for me. And her name is Lisa Orban. And we've remained friendly with Lisa over the years, me and Daniel. Remember years ago, my son Gabriel was on the show Wonderama. And uh, Donny Osmond's nephew actually hosted that show. And Lisa got us there and got Gabe on Wonderama. And Lisa's been kind of banging around, I guess, for years. I don't know what she's been doing. But I would see her here occasionally because she's friends with Glenn Tacinelli, who's our sales manager. I always say, why don't you come work for us? You're a great salesperson. Come work with us. And uh, sure enough, on Monday, Lisa came here. She's now officially on our sales force. She's behind the glass right now, sitting in between Lewis and Philip. So I do want to congratulate you and welcome you to the ABC family. And we just got ourselves a kick-ass sales lady. So thank you, Lisa. Go make us some money and get the hell out of that office. <laughs>
Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Kid Kristen Pulisic says, quote, I didn't get hit in the balls. That's his exact quote in today's New York Daily News. And he hopes to play tomorrow versus the Dutch, USA, Netherlands. We're a huge underdog, right, Phil? Huge? I don't know about huge, but we're an underdog pretty big. I, I think I said plus 350. That's huge. Oh, yeah, that's pretty big then. Yeah, I didn't that's know like, the exact That's like us against the Russians in hockey in 1980. That big of an underdog, believe it or not. So, is, uh, Does Ukraine have a team in this? No, they don't have a team in the uh, World Cup. What is the latest? Quickly, before I go to the Ukraine and Governor Pataki, who won, who lost, what happened? Anything uh, big? Yeah, big series events. Germany got knocked out yesterday after uh, a controversial goal from Japan against the Spain. It was a crazy day of events. Uh, Germany got knocked out, basically. So that's the big story? Germany got knocked out? Germany got knocked out. So Kanye out, West must be upset today because Kanye loves uh, Hitler and the Nazis. So he must be upset. Yeah, I, guess, I, I don't know if he's a big Germany soccer supporter. But he must be. He loves Hitler and the Nazis. He must love Germany. Well, Hitler doesn't occupy Germany anymore. Well, he did, so. Yeah, I guess. So Kanye's upset. Anyway, let's uh, go to the Ukraine. Our uh, well, The last time we had a Republican governor, and he was a great one. He's become a good friend of mine, very good friend of mine. Of course, he's a friend of John, too. On this show quite a bit, the great George Pataki is in the Ukraine this morning, and we're about to find out why. Governor Pataki, how are you, pal? Hey, Sid, I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm doing well. First of all, be careful. I don't know where you are in Ukraine, but there's a war going on there. So be careful. Uh, secondly, where are you and what exactly are you doing there this morning? Well, we're in Ukraine. We came in yesterday. This is actually the fifth time uh, our group has made trips into Ukraine since the war. And what we did yesterday is we took in 15 industrial-sized heaters. These are huge heaters. And we're going to be able with these to heat almost 100,000 people in Ukraine. You know, and we're here now. It is miserable weather, and it's just going to get worse. And uh, they don't have heat. They don't have electricity in a large part of Ukraine. So we're just trying to do whatever we can to help. And that was yesterday. And I know you're a sports nut, uh, Sid. Today we just did an event in another Ukrainian city, Football for Freedom, Freedom with our center, and the NFL, and we had a bunch of Ukrainian-American football players. And uh, it was just uh, a uplifting event, uh, and you wouldn't think it, but uh, young Ukrainians like American football. So uh, uh, it was a, a fun event, although, you know, as you said, it's a war zone. And one of the, one of the players we were uh, with uh, – Lost his brother a month ago on oh. the front line, and uh, oh. and it was just uh, we went and visited the graves of soldiers who just fallen in the last few months, and uh, you know you you try to bring a little pleasure in a horrible situation. Oh, good for you, Governor Pataki, George. You're such a sweet guy, and I know they much like football there. Look, the NFL has played games already this year in London, and there's not a seat in the house. Mexico City. Germany, all these European countries love American football. They love soccer, of course, first, but they love American football. That's not a surprise. What city are you in right now? Are you anywhere near the capital, Kiev? Uh, no, no, we're not going near Kiev this trip. Uh, the last trip, our uh, whole group went up to Kiev. Uh, we're, we're, we just left Uzhgorod, and we're going to Berighova, 
for another stop and uh, just trying to help when we can. And uh, we actually took 800 footballs that the NFL donated, and the NFL has been helping us with this. And you mentioned the NFL teams in Europe. The one in Germany, the halftime they dedicated to the Ukrainian-American Football League. Yes, yes. uh, it, It was just, you know, really, really fun. I mean, the head of the league, uh, who was there and we had a great time with is a sergeant in the Ukrainian army who just came in off the front lines a month ago. And, and you just see these guys and you're so blown away by their courage and their, their, their strength. And you just want to do what you can help. So for the civilians, it's heaters, it's electricity, it's generators, uh, it's food and medicine. And then for some of the soldiers, things like the football Bring them a little joy in a tough, tough situation. Governor Pataki, and uh, no surprise, Governor Pataki, along with Rudy Giuliani, who will join me next, coming up in about 15 minutes. These two gentlemen helped us get past 9-11. Both of these guys were beyond heroic. So it's no surprise that 30 years later he's in the Ukraine this morning bringing heaters for civilians and helping out some of the local football players. It's, it's a great job out of you, Governor. I ask you, you know, uh, when the war first broke out, we saw all these vivid videos and pictures of innocent Ukrainians being murdered in their cars and walking down the streets. I mean, families, mothers, fathers, kids shot to death in their cars. And, of course, over the last couple of months, a lot of that has dissipated, right? It's no longer the big story anymore, but it's still going on. And you're there right now. I mean, are you nervous? Do you hear gunshots? Do you see blown-out buildings? What's it like right now? You know, we're not near the front line, but, you know, you're right. You saw those images of the the civilians just being murdered by Russian troops. What you see now are the rockets uh, and the drones and the attacks all across the country uh, from the Russian drones, uh, Iranian drones, and the artillery. uh, Right after we got over the border yesterday, the, the air raid sirens went off, uh, and everybody just wow. took cover. And we had to cancel a couple of events we were going to do with kids because they had to be moved to the bomb shelters in the basements. But, uh, uh, you know, we're in the west of Ukraine. It's still safe, relatively safe compared to the front lines. And you don't see any or you don't even hear any combat. The, the risk is only always the, the Russian rockets, which uh, can hit anywhere. But uh, – um, it's just it's just a, a tough situation, and uh, whatever you know, I just want to encourage the American people. You know, the the government is doing what it's doing, but the American people can really help. You know, like we brought in these generators; uh, they're going to help provide heat for a hundred thousand people. They need hundred times as many generators as we brought in, and we just don't see the U.S. government aid. So we're going to continue to to try to help in any way we can. Well, listen, again, it's it's honorable. What you're doing is beautiful. I commend you. But I have to be honest with you, Governor Pataki. For months, me and my late partner, Bernie, God rest his soul, we were all over people like Peter King for wanting to help out Ukrainians in a big way. I mean, we've given these people millions, if not billions of dollars. And quite frankly, we have no money in this country. And a lot of our cities look a lot like these Ukrainian cities that have been bombed out. I mean, go to Flint, Michigan, go to other places across this country. We just don't feel like our country is in a position economically and, and even, uh, you know, from, a, from a, an aesthetic standpoint, to be out there helping out other countries in a big way. So there's still a healthy amount of Americans that would say, hey, Governor Pataki, it's very nice of you, but how about helping out Americans before Ukrainians? What would you say about that? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I understand that. But I'll tell you, this is a war that's our war. 
You know, it's not Ukraine fighting Russia. Uh, it's a barbaric uh, dictatorship that has invest, uh, invaded with no reason a democracy that is fighting for freedom. And it's not just their freedom. It's a it's a, a real struggle between autocracy uh, and democracy. And who's going to win globally? You know, you have everyone from Iran to China to Russia threatening uh, the world that we always took for granted. Uh, and we can't take it for granted anymore. anymore. So I think it's our obligation to help you think. By the way, you know, oh, losing him. The phone reception was perfect, which I'm surprised. He's on a cell phone somewhere in Ukraine right up until this point of the conversation. It was perfect. And what an interesting, right? What an interesting conversation from a tremendous guy, a great governor here in New York, helping out in a world far, far away right now. But we did lose him, I guess. Uh, is he back, governor? I believe we lost him. Oh, well, listen, that was a, a great Great phone call. Thank you, Governor Pataki. You are doing a very honorable, beautiful thing. Those people do need those heaters, no question about it. I love the football stuff, too. I think Governor Pataki's a big Giant fan, like I am. In fact, I'll be out there on Sunday with Danielle and Gabe for the Giants and Commanders in New Jersey. So thank you, Governor Pataki. Be safe out there in Ukraine. We'll take a very, very short break. And don't forget, still to come in the next hour, Rudy Giuliani, Judge Janine Pirro, and Mike Love. From the Beach Boys, all here on the number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in the city, the self-proclaimed best talk show anywhere in America. We are sitting friends in the morning, right here on Talk Radio 77, WABC. Network. Wrapping up about half of this Friday edition of Sitting Friends in the Morning on Talk Radio 77 WABC. A great phone call from former Governor Pataki live from the Ukraine. Next hour, we'll get Rudy Giuliani, Lydia Reports, and Judge Janine Pirro. Janine, later on tonight, will host or MC this wonderful dinner. Congratulations and a well-deserved congratulations to John and Margot Katsimatidis. I'll be honored tonight. By Tunnel to Towers, my dear friend, the great Frank Siller. And uh, I'm honored to be there. So that's coming up later on tonight. You know, you mentioned Sebastian Gorka. You guys remember a couple of weeks ago, Gorka, who's a Sean Hannity favorite. He's a Trump guy, all that. You know, he's on Truth Social every five minutes. He was supposed to come on this show about two weeks ago when he was in the airport. 
And it turns out his people did email us 20 minutes before his appearance, but we didn't get it. We, 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 you know, we, we didn't get it. We, we didn't realize it was there, I should say. So he, he acts like a complete dick to Philip on the phone at the airport, and I go nuts on the guy, you know. And then I go on to Truth Social, and I find his name at Seb Gorka, and I sent him a message, which was in public view, which said, hey, Sebastian, don't ever treat my producer like that again. That was really unprofessional and uncalled for, and you should be ashamed of yourself. And I've allowed people for the last two weeks on Truth Social to kill Sebastian Gorka, but I think I screwed up. And you say, why would, why, what happened? Well, I don't very often check my direct messages on Twitter, at Sid Rosenberg. But it just so happens that that morning, that very day when he did this, he was aware I was upset. And he sent me a really graceful apology. He said, I didn't mean to disrespect you or your great show. I'm sorry. There was a misconnection. But I, uh, well, whatever. F him. I think he uh, listens to Vinny Madunio on the weekends, too. So. He does? Yeah, he does. He's a big Vinny fan. Vinny, tell him I'm sorry. Then. Yeah, right. So there's two people. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani, Lydia Serrani, and Judge Janine Pirro. An action-packed 8 o'clock hour about to come your way. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. My administration is determined to do more to assist people with mental illness, especially those with untreated psychotic disorders who pose a risk of harm to themselves, even if they are not an imminent threat to the public. All of these efforts are based on our core conviction that people with severe mental illness deserve care, community, and treatment in the least restrictive setting possible. Spoke to our friend Stephen Van Zandt just last night. This is Bruce Springsteen backstreets after Mayor Eric Adams. My friend Mike Sullivan had some surgery yesterday. Heart had a heart issue. He's going to be okay, thank God. And his brother Thomas Sullivan is embroiled in this ridiculous assembly race that they're trying to steal from him with the Stacey Amato. So it looks like Mike is going to be okay, but I did speak to Van Zandt about that last night. And that's the mayor, and I agree with him. Get these people off the streets. I don't care if they're a danger to themselves or not, 
I don't want to see him. I know that sounds insensitive. I don't care. I'm sick of it. My kid doesn't want to walk past any of these people in New York City, let alone take the train with them. He's scared to death, my 14-year-old son. Get these people off the streets, please. Now, he said it. Now he's got to do it, which is a different story, and that's why some of my best friends are critical of Mayor Eric Adams, including my next guest, who happens to be the greatest mayor in the history of New York, and nobody, including Eric Adams, will ever come anywhere near the job that Rudy did. Now he's a major star on this station, 3 p.m. every weekday, and his son Andrew has become a great buddy of mine and may even end up on this show in some capacity, if it's up to me. So here he is, my friend, the great Rudy Giuliani. Good morning, Rudy. Good morning. How are how, how you doing, Sid? I am uh, I'm doing great. So I played that clip, and uh, the mayor, who yeah. you and I do tend to disagree with at times, getting these people oh, off no. the streets, I like that. I like that. Of course I like that. You know, I, I, I got to tell you, way back, oh, my goodness, mid de Blasio, I wrote an op-ed piece. And the op-ed piece was a mayor who doesn't love his people. And it was about de Blasio. And the focus of it was if you can drive down the streets of your city and tolerate people living on the street, you have no heart. Let's start off with the fact you're doing no good for them. Second, you're ruining your city. Now, it happened on my block. I hadn't been mayor for, you know, 11 years or 10 years or whatever the hell it was. And my neighbors were all complaining that there was this guy sleeping in a doorway, and he was defecating all over the streets. Right. And the cops wouldn't come. And they deputized me to go to the police precinct. Right? <laughs> I didn't want to do it. I don't like to throw my weight around, you know? And I finally did it. I walked into the police precinct. They all came out and wanted to take pictures. And I said, well, I'm not here for that. I'm here because and we went through a whole big thing. The mayor said we can't do it. I said, well, okay, let's get, let's get out the statute books. We went back. I said, you know what this is called? This is called loitering. It's also public nuisance when you defecate in the street. Right. The mayor didn't say you shouldn't arrest people who are a public nuisance, right? They said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we got rid of it. But it, then I wrote an article and I said, it's beginning. He should stop it now. And that could have been 2013, 14. 14, maybe? 14, about, 10 years, about 10 years ago. Yeah, and the point is absolutely correct. There's no liberal conservative thing here. I just don't think you're a human being if you just let people live on a street. If your brother was on the street, if I, if, I were, if I came to you, said, let's say it was a friend of ours, a close, close friend of ours, and he's on the street, we're going to go there and say, oh, it's really nice here. Here's an extra blanket. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, jerk, and, and, and ruin yourself. Right. Because what uh, happens on the street, you get worse. You just get worse. You get isolated. You get worse. Forty percent of them. Now, the mayor could correct this. It could be slightly off, but it's been like this for about 20 years. It's about 40 percent paranoid schizophrenic, 40 yeah. percent drug addicts and um, uh, alcoholics, and 20 percent people in trouble. Those are the people you can probably rehab yeah. the easiest. Right. Uh, the the drug addicts and uh, and alcoholics it depends on how far gone they are. Same thing with paranoid schizophrenia, which gets worse when you're isolated. So think about that. Somebody's on the street for four weeks with a paranoid schizophrenic. By the time you get to them, they're pretty much gone. No, there's no question. And, and, and I've taken on this task uh, now every December. A friend of mine named Tony Oso 
has this uh, nonprofit group in New Jersey, Rudy, and every year around Christmas, they hand out knapsacks, and this will be the third consecutive year I do it. We walk up 7th and 8th Avenue between Penn Station and uh, the Port Authority, and we hand out these knapsacks. Inside these knapsacks contain water, food, clothing, and we give it to the homeless. So I am one of those guys who walks the walk and talks the talk. I hand out knapsacks every year, but I got to tell you, here's going to come up like an insensitive prick. I care less about some of these people and what they're going through and more about what it looks like for the city and how it feels for law-abiding citizens walking past these people. Well, Sid, that's because you're a mature human being and you have a good sense of priorities. Of course you should love them. Of course you should care about them. But not to the detriment of the innocent, uh, uh, decent, hardworking people of the city. Right. And they're your first you got to do it in order. Your first obligation is to the people who are making your city work, function. And we have it all screwed up. We're driving those people out. And we're working for the benefit of the people. Some of them deserve help. Some don't. It's a pretty, maybe it's 50-50. I mean, half the people we're helping is just ridiculous. I mean, they just want to kill us and want to destroy <laughs> us and want to rob from us and steal. The other, half, the other half deserve it, and sometimes you can't tell the difference. I don't mind that. What I do mind is not putting the priority on the, uh, the the real people who are making this city work for your kids, for my kids, for everybody. That's And I'm going to tell you, this is a very general statement. This is what's wrong with liberals. It, it goes back to when I was a kid and I almost was one. They have silly ideas. They don't have mature ideas. They have immature ideas like we can take care of everybody. Or, you don't have to work. We'll pay for it. Somebody, the government will pay for it as if we're not the government. So we're not going to force you to work. That's mean to force you to work. Of course it's not mean to force you to work. <laughs> if your kid wasn't working, you'd force your kid to work because you love him, right? Right. If Andrew all of a sudden started staying home, which is ridiculous, right, you and I would go talk to him, right? Of course. We wouldn't say, Andrew, oh, stay here. We'll bring you, we'll bring you potato chips. <laughs> no. I, I, like, I like that Adams is where he is. Uh, it's a little slow, but I'm going to, you know, that's okay. Uh, there was one thing it took me a year to catch up on. Koch made this transformation even more than I did. I was pretty much a moderate Republican when I became mayor, and I became a conservative Republican while I was. But uh, Koch began as a, he wasn't AOC, but for those days, he was like the gadfly in the Congress. He was, yep. yep. No, no, and I remember I was in the Justice Department at the time. I had to work with him, and every time we had to deal with him, he said, drive us crazy. He never knew what he wanted. He wanted everything. He, he, he was liberal as hell. When he ran for mayor, I thought he, when he began, it would be a nut job. He beat the hell out of Cuomo. Beat the hell out. He beat him on death penalty. He was for the death penalty, and Cuomo was against it. But nobody believed he really was. He was. He became a very conservative yep, mayor. Yep. And that's why he's one of the, that's why I line him up he second. one of the great mayors. I would, I, I'm the first one to say it. Yeah, he, he used to fight with me like crazy. Every time yeah. I disagreed with him, he yeah. would take it to, you know, the fifth degree. It wasn't like we disagree over the appointment of these judges. Right. But I'm destroying the integrity of the city. And I'm <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I line him up second behind you. But somebody grabbed me aside yesterday. I've been very critical, Rudy, the last couple of days, but but still behind Donald Trump. I've said, I don't know, 100 times, if the election was today, I would still vote for Donald. 
but I'm losing my, my patience and faith in him because you can't sit with Kanye West. Forget about Nick Fuentes. You can't sit with Kanye West. You just can't do it. So somebody grabbed me aside yesterday. They said, you know, Sid, this um, loyalty you have to Donald Trump, don't, correct me if I'm wrong, aren't you really close with Rudy Giuliani? I said, yes, I am. He said, you know that Trump screwed Giuliani. And I said, I mean, I'm not totally aware of it, but okay. He's like, oh, yeah, he screws everybody, including your friend Rudy. And now we sat with Kanye West. When are you going to come to the realization he's not a good guy? So let me ask you, did Trump screw you? Well, I'm not going to talk about it publicly because I was, I was his lawyer, and it's you know, between him, him and me. Uh, here's, why, here's why I still, if I had a vote right now, would vote for Donald Trump. You still would? Yeah, for, for, for the country. Uh, I don't think people realize that. You know, I was his friend when I went to work for him in 2016. I became very close to him. I still feel I'm very close to him. But uh, oh, by the way, does he feel that to you? Support, does does he feel that to you? To him, yeah, was for the country. He was. Forget the personality part. Even forget some of the personal insensitivities that happened. He was a great president. Uh, if you, you have to be able to separate those two things. I, I if, if I uh, here's the confidence that I have in him. We have a government that is so horribly misaligned that no matter who it is, DeSantis, anybody who I think is a great guy, I don't think that it's going to take them three years to figure it out when they get in there. It took him two, maybe three. He knows it. He knows exactly what to do on day one to turn this damn thing around. And it doesn't, it's not going to have more than day one, two, three, or four. He's not going to be intimidated by the CIA the way Pompeo was when he became head of the CIA. He made no substantive changes in the CIA. He knew it had to be done. He knew if he did, he, they would ruin him. Well, you got to go in there with that kind of attitude. There are probably, probably some of those guys running have that kind of courage. Cruz may. DeSantis may. In his case, we know he does. We also know that personally, <laughs> there are a lot of things that a lot of people don't like. Mm. But I can live with that. I, I can't live with giving away Afghanistan in a way that gets people killed or giving up the Bagram Air Base 400 miles from China that someday some general is going to curse the hell out of Biden for doing. <laughs> so uh, yep. if, somebody, if somebody comes along in that group and proves to me, wow. And my other objection to to the president is the people he has around him. I've been. I, if I've been I've been screwed honestly okay I've been screwed by the people around him not by him okay so you so what you would say is well why doesn't he stop it like for example Jason Miller Jason Miller in a book and on television and I happen to know under oath somewhere said that on uh, election night I was inebriated now here's the weird thing about election night for which I have five witnesses and a picture I announced at the beginning of the night in the White House. And several of, of the people around me, I'm not going to drink tonight because too many important decisions have to be made. I knew it was going to be close. I was already starting to smell screwing around, and I had no drinks that night. Must have been 20 people came over and offered me a drink. I refused it. Then they started making fun of me, and they piled up five Diet Cokes in front of me. Hmm. I took a picture of it. Hmm. So when he, when he announced it in the book, my friend Roy Bailey called me. I didn't even know. He said – Dan Miller, Miller was my deputy press secretary when I ran for president, virtually got him his job with Trump. 
Wow. Got on the job back with Trump when it turned out that he had made a woman pregnant while his wife was pregnant. Oh. Had to go through a DNA test in order to prove it. Well, well hold on. Well, explain this to me. Why would, if you did all this for why Jason he, Miller, why? yeah, why? He was sucking up to the pathetic creatures who ran Trump's campaign who that knew that I knew that for the last three weeks of the campaign, they weren't doing a damn thing. Got it. And knew that I was going to fire them. Knew that if I got my hands on that campaign, they were gone the day I walked in. And the next day, Trump put me in charge, and I fired them. And they have – I could show you the – they have lied. One of them said he cursed me out. I, I, there were six people at the, at the meeting, including Bernie Carrick. <laughs> And Bernie Carrick said, I never heard anybody use language like that in front of the president. He was talking about me to him. <laughs> uh, Christie did the same thing. Christie has a whole thing in his book that he's told me off. Christie doesn't have the guts to tell me off. I mean, Christie kisses my feet, obsequiously, <laughs> and which, for which I've lost all respect for him. Look, when things go wrong, you keep your mouth shut. I have only answered when I've been falsely, defamatorily attacked. And Miller, I, Miller, I helped Miller. I went out of my way to help that guy, and I really like him. And that's the one I'm hurt, really hurt. Of course. By. No, I hate Jason Miller. And, 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 he, and he keeps Jason around, and Jason runs, uh, runs Getter. Well, I know, that, I, I, know, is, I know that he does, but have you, I know all about Getter. So have you ever said to President Trump, hey, Donnie, baby, this guy stabbed me in the back. He screwed me. What are you doing? You never said I, that. I, I, yes, I have. And what is President Trump's answer? Yeah. He's going to straighten it out. He's going to straighten it out. Okay. What year? <laughs> Before well, yeah, after we you know, all die. <laughs> the, the, the people that I fired after the campaign was over and he was out, came back and worked for him again. I, I think some of them are gone now because they got in trouble again. But uh, he also, I don't know who he has got around him now. So I'm not personally criticizing anybody. I've never seen a worse set of political decisions. Uh, you are guided a great deal by the people around you. I know it's a a cop-out because you can change it. But right now, he doesn't have his A number one staff around him. He doesn't have a banner around him. He doesn't have a a, a Mark Meadows there every day. Mark Mark may have been his best uh, chief of staff, in my view. I mean, in fact, he had him at the right time when we went through a crisis. That could have been a real disaster if we didn't have an adult there. Well, Rudy, I got to tell you, this was a fascinating. Every time you come on, you're better than the last time. This was a fascinating conversation. Well, you know, uh, you're my friend, and I, I, I know I, I can say it to you, and it'll be taken neutrally and analyzed. You know, well, listen, and forward, to be honest, it's not ta- it's, it's not taken neutrally because I am biased towards you. I love you. <laughs> well, I, well, I am toward you, but uh, you, you are. Uh, I mean, you're just exceptional. I had a long conversation with someone about you yesterday. I'll tell you about oh. it privately. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. It was that. a good one. It was the first good one I had about you in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that. I love when you come on. I really do. I love no, your I show in the afternoon. Thank really you. Enjoy it. Thank you, Rudy. Right. God bless you. Take care. <laughs> My Take man. Care. God. Okay. Hey, that was, that was pretty cool. I mean, Rudy, I don't think he speaks a lot about this stuff, if ever. So he just placed a tremendous amount of trust in me. And this audience, so I don't think a lot of people knew about this infighting with Jason Miller and back and forth with President Trump and pretty good stuff. I do love Rudy. I love him. And I love his kid, Andrew. And um, if you don't know, go to page 30 in today's New York Post. You're going to find out that the show has a new name. It's Sid 
and friends in the morning. And while these friends include Bill O'Reilly and Bo Deedle and Peter King and even you guys, Lou, Phil. Well, which, which friend am I? Num- which number? You're worried about that, aren't you? Uh, we, a couple of us are worried. We've been yeah. fighting over it, actually. Well, I'll, have, I'll, have to, I'll have to rate it at some point. Uh-oh. But Andrew Giuliani will be one of those friends, as well as others. He should be. Yeah, he's a good, great kid, and I love his father. Thank you, Rudy. We'll take a short break. Video reports, and then Judge Janine Pirro. That was great, Rudy. Thank you for placing that trust in me. You the man. Rudy, coming up at 3 o'clock, here's some more Bruce Springsteen. Backstreets. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. A mixed day of trading yesterday to start the final month of the year. The Dow Jones Industrials down nearly 200 points, dragged lower by big retail losses yesterday. Both the S&P and NASDAQ finishing mostly flat. Wall Street and the Federal Reserve watching closely today's unemployment report for November. Economists expect 200,000 jobs added last month. Job growth has stalled recently between layoffs and hiring freezes, but the labor market remains strong. The unemployment rate still hovering near a 50-year low. The central bank watching the hot labor market and rising wages as they try to control inflation. Twitter reportedly offering incentives to get advertisers to spend more money. Since Elon Musk's takeover, a number of high-profile companies have pulled their ads. Twitter maintains that none of its policies have changed. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. And this report is sponsored by the Seafire Grill. Sid, I wanted to talk to you about Kanye. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I, I <laughs> yeah. heard you all morning long. I'm, I'm surprised you haven't lost your voice at this point. Just so disgusting, outrageous. But speaking of, I guess, fake news, pathetic news, CNN, have you heard what's going on with them? I'm not they, sure which one. Which one? See. CNN. No, no. Don, let me say something again. No, CNN, they have laid, they've laid off hundreds of their employees and their sister station, HLN, Headline News. They're going to cease all live programming. Once again, as we talked about yesterday with the Disney film, now you see it with the CNN. When you go woke, you go broke. And then, of course, Don Lemon, he had said on Stephen Colbert, he's like, we're, we're not too liberal. We were just practicing journalism. If they had been practicing journalism, then their ratings and their profits wouldn't be in the toilet. They should just tell the truth. And that's why WABC is number one. That's why your show is number one, because we tell it like it is. It's, it's not that complicated. No, I'm with you. I mean, Don Lemon just flat out lied. I mean, the CNN is, you know, they're not as liberal as MSNBC. I'll give them that. I mean, the worst offenders are people like Joy Reid and, and Mika and Joe, but they're certainly liberal, certainly liberal. So Don Lemon just flat out lied, you know. Uh, whether we're number one because we tell the truth, I don't know. I don't know about that. I, I think, well, you know, if, if, at least for me, at least for me, 
We're number one because we're entertaining and we're fun and we do tell the truth and we, but we do a whole bunch of stuff, whether it's sports or politics or pop culture or entertainment or stories about my wife and son and daughter. That's why I think we're number one, not because we pound home the fact that uh, Biden's no good and, and Trump is great. That's my opinion. But um, well, the, the, but I Don think, Lemon is I lying. Telling the truth, I think telling the truth, and it's well, you, but, you, but, you, listen, you got, but you got to be careful. One man's truth is another man's lie. So while we know we're telling the truth, we know that half the country thinks we're lying. So you can't sell yeah, to the we country. No, no, we 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 don't. We do. We always have. Then why does half the country not believe us? So what we have to appeal to brainwashed. Well, that's but that's that's the case. So one man's truth is another man's lie. So we claim we tell the truth. They claim we lie. The fact is we appeal. Look, if there's 12 million Republicans in New York, Lydia, and 8 million are Democrats, there's still 4 million people out there that are craving our station. That's a lot of people. So we get great numbers. But to say we tell the truth, I think we do, too. I really do. But other folks think we're lying. We just appeal to an audience that is still relatively large in a state where there's nobody else, and that is a great recipe for success. Does that make sense? Right. I think it's a combination of things, but I think it's the content that we put on. I think we talk about subjects that really matter to people. We don't regurgitate the same old, same old. You're, you're going to hear stories 100% on true. our station you won't yep. hear anywhere else. I That's mean, true. Do you see CNN or MSNBC talking about the baby that overdosed on fentanyl in nope. San Francisco nope. because it was exposed to it? I mean, you don't hear these or they're, I, you know, they're probably even go, now. Of course, they're going to talk about Kanye and Alex Jones and all that other stuff. But we tell stories that they don't want to talk about. True. You turn it on, and so I think that's part of it. And too. we also, yeah, we, we also have very smart people. Crosses. We also have very smart people on the station. I mean, we've got an owner that is a legitimate billionaire because he's really smart. So he knows a lot about a lot of stuff. We've got other guys on this station, seasoned vets, guys like me and Curtis specifically. So there's a lot of reasons why you're right, you're right, but we do we do have a niche carved out that is important because there's millions of people in this city that believe that our truth is their truth and we're the ones to provide it. And that's uh, that's a big deal. And we tell you the stuff that the the ugly truth sometimes. You know, we we talked about we pounded it home about the crime. We yes. even know that the Democrats want to talk about, oh, well, statistically, it's not as bad as it was in the 90s. And we talk about the border crossings and the fentanyl and how kids are buying it straight off the Internet and yes. using TikTok, how it's bad. So, you know, it, and of course, we also make people laugh. And it's good. And we tell the personal stories because I think we wouldn't talk about these subjects if we truly didn't care about them themse- ourselves. And that, that's how I feel. Like, I'm not going I can't fake it till I make it. If I don't care about a subject. I can't pretend that I do. I know we're running out of time. You've got a lot more to talk about this report. Again, sponsored by the Seafire Grill. It's a fantastic seafood place. It's actually right around the corner. Um, Midtown Manhattan there. Um, It's got the freshest seafood, the best service. You can't beat it. Check it out. And especially for the holidays, you want a nice cozy dinner right there by their fireplace, theseafiregrill.com. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Can't remember. 
Today is December the 2nd, and this is great song, A Long December, by the genius that is Adam Duritz and the Counting Crows. A Long December. I know it's cold. It's freezing in Rockaway. But is this December doesn't feel like the longest month. I think February does. December still has Christmas oh, and Hanukkah. January and February. Yeah, they're the worst. They are the yeah. worst months of the year. So why did he name this a long December instead of a long January? Maybe he's not such a genius, Duritz. No, he's a genius because we can't understand the genius of him. So oh, okay. That, so it's like genius. soccer. It's like soccer. Right, you don't get it. I don't no, get it, no, yeah. No, you got to put the stupid ball in the net and that's the game, but yeah. there's, there's, there's so much, there's oh, so much yeah. nuance to it. Are you kidding? It. He's offside. No, he's not. Who has yeah. real time? No, he has it. Oh, it's over. No, it's not over. You know what's funny, though? I, I say that about soccer, yet... I always say this about radio, is everybody thinks they can do radio. You, you get a microphone, you know a bunch of stuff, and you talk, and you suck, most of you, because there are nuances to radio that people, unless you're really good, don't understand. And maybe that is the case with soccer. Maybe it's just not as easy as kicking the ball in the net. Maybe it's just not as easy as putting on a microphone and talking, because anybody can do that, but 99.99% of radio hosts are just, eh, eh. Very few are great. Very few. <laughs> you started. You starting an argument. I don't know where you're going. Or it because looks like you're mad about because there, it's maybe I'm wrong about soccer. Is what I'm saying. Because there are nuances to everything that we don't really consider. Because we know what the what the final out. What you have to do, right? You got to talk on the mic. Okay, doesn't make you great. And there are certain things, I guess, about soccer nuances I don't understand that may make the game better than what I think it is, which is basically kick the ball in the net and go home. So, okay, maybe I'm wrong. You could be. I mean, is, is, that not, is that not fair to say about radio? That the difference between a radio host and a guy that's great are the nuances that are not even really – most people don't understand. They don't even see it with their naked eye. They think if you know a lot of stuff and you got a microphone, it makes you great. It just seemed like you were referring to some specific incident. No, 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 no. You, read, no, you just read no, no, something no, 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 that somebody no, no. criticized. No, and you went, no. no, no, you don't know what you're doing. No, there's, just, there's, doing. there's so many things in life in just about every profession, every one. You know, there are trial lawyers that are pretty good, and they're the guys that can say the same exact thing in front of a jury, and they're much more effective because of nuance. No, I don't know if it makes any sense to you because you're not that smart, to be honest. I, I'm not that smart. But know, I'm, tr- I'm picking up what you're putting down. I mean, you've been on the air for 30-something years. You made I miss what he was. And... <laughs> yeah, that was it. Me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I got to read on Facebook every day that you've made me number one, that the who, show was just who, okay before you got here. Who said that? There are people on Facebook that say that. Maybe they're right. No, they're, they're like I made no. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe they're right. Let me tell you, Sydney. They don't know what they're talking about. They're crazy. You're I'm the first to say that since you joined the show, the show was better. You definitely did. You said I, that. I've said it a million times. I know. In fact, I'll even go as far as saying the show was a lot better. But to say that we're number one because of you was somewhere between ridiculous and asinine. Who the heck said that? A lot of people. All right, a lot. That's very specific. Three. I saw three last night. Where did you see that? It doesn't matter. Three's a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it doesn't matter, you cretin. It doesn't matter. Just listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. I have about. to tell you that I love talking to you in the mornings. I, I do. I really enjoy it. Me too. I used to do this with Bernard, of course. and But Bernie and I, we got, I got a little political, you know. I mean, you you just talk about nonsense. You don't... That's it, right. right. I just com- not Bernie, that's for sure. Yeah, Bernie got very political, but you're, you're, you know, you're nonsense. You just, just well, I don't even know what we talk about, you and I. No, well, people ask me after the show, and I can't remember. I don't so. either. Yeah. That was so funny what you and Sid said. I, okay, tell me, because I don't know. Well, that was one thing me and Bernie did talk about quite a bit was, as soon as we get off the air, a lot of hosts are the same way. If you ask me or Bernie what we talked about, we both had no idea. No. You, you're in that stream of consciousness for those four hours. You do what you do, and then it all goes away at 10.01, yeah. all of it. Thank God. I know, it's right? A, it's a nuance. Could you, nuance. That's, that's a nuance. There you go. Yeah. That's it. Shut up, Lou. Okay. <laughs> Judge okay. and the Imperial is coming up next. on number one. Makes you laugh a little slower. Makes you talk a little lower. About the thing you could not show. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Do we know why Mike Love is even coming on? I know he's going to be with John Stamos, who's a man that I would have sex with. He's so good looking. Beach Boys, Mike Love coming up at 905. Do you know why? I don't really know why. I saw it in my... Okay, great. Yeah, that's well, fine. there you it go. And that's matter. Justin Elegant. Uh, here we go. All right. Well, we've had a great show already. Governor Pataki, Woody Giuliani. But this next guest, he's on this station every Sunday morning. We should do a sports show on Sundays and come in early just to talk to her because I love her. She's so great. She's on the 5 on Fox News every day where she's taking that show over. She really has. And um, here she is this morning. She's going to emcee this huge event tonight. At the Marriott Marquis, we're going to honor John and Margot Katsimatidis. It's a big deal, big deal. And she's going to MC. it. She's going to be all dialed up and looking pretty. Here she is, uh, the great Judge Jeanine Pirro. All right, good morning. Did I hear you say that John Stamos was so good looking that even you'd have sex with him? After Je- what you said? I did, but it would be after Jesse Waters because he's also very good looking. And I did. <laughs> Oh, I got to tell you, Jesse Waters is terrific. He really is terrific. Yeah. And I got to tell you, he's a real health freak. I know. He takes care of himself. Yeah. I mean, he'll eat an apple, he'll, you know, a banana, he'll come on the show. He will never touch any of the candy, none of the popcorn, none of this, the, the potato chips that all of us are eating. He's really a health freak. He's, I know he is. And he looks great. But, but you disagree about John Stamos? You don't disagree, do you? He's a great looking guy. Eh, he doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> So I got to tell you, Judge, every guest that I bring on, I ask the same question, which annoys the hell out of Trump supporters. I'm on record saying I would still vote for Donald Trump this morning. I would. But I thought what he did last week was despicable. Just allowing that that animal to be in his club and come over to his table. I cannot think of any defense, any to have forget about Nick Fuentes, to have Kanye West anywhere near that club. Well, first of all, you'd have to look. Here's the thing. Um, You know, at Mar-a-Lago, everybody is all over the place. You know, when they have dinners there, 
people come in and they come in with a member who knows, you know, if he knew or had any idea who the guy is. I never heard of Nick Fuentes or whatever the hell the guy's name is. I think most of America didn't. But you heard of, but you heard of, but you heard of Kanye West. He's been on a two month anti-Jew tour. Yeah, right. Well, Kanye, I agree. I agree there. You know what? I think Kanye is, is imploding. I don't know if the final divorce from Kim is what's doing it to him, but I, I, I've never seen anyone do so much damage to himself. There's so much self-inflicted uh, uh, harm. It, it's amazing. I mean, it, does the guy have, uh, have issues? I mean, you, the one thing, who said it? Dave Chappelle, two words that you don't put together, the Jews. <laughs> I mean, don't, you know, <laughs> you don't do that. Nah. I mean, I get, you know, if you know how to cancel yourself, that's what he's doing. And, uh, you know, he's got issues. And, you know, at this point in life, I got other things to talk about, like John Katsimatidis tonight. I'm so thrilled he's going to be honored. And, uh, by the way, speaking of uh, being thrilled, are you thrilled that the House is going to start hearings? Are you thrilled that Elon Musk is for free speech and the White House is keeping an eye on this guy? I mean, uh, what is going on? I, I, it is unbelievable. And Elon Musk, congratulations, because he's going to ban uh, um, uh, Kanye West from Twitter. Yes, but, but But I am thrilled about the House, and, and uh, I love what Kevin McCarthy said last week, uh, Janine, about getting rid of Swalwell and getting rid of Omar and getting rid of Schiff and, uh, you know, uh, impeaching uh, Mayorkas and impeaching Joe Biden. He's saying all the things I want to hear. So let's get McCarthy in that seat and let's get this thing going. Well, yeah, and I think they will, and hopefully they'll have the go goons to uh, go forward with it, you know, and stay with it. And that's the problem with the Republicans. I mean, they get in there, and then they're like, la, 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 la. <laughs> and uh, they've got the majority now. They better, they better really hold hard and fast to the line because 2024 is coming up. And, you know, I am so sick and tired of this nonsense with China and Tim Cook and Apple and the airdrop uh, that he's not allowing the protesters to have in China. I mean, on the one hand, you got Tim Cook, who's doing everything he can to uh, shut down the protesters and, you know, who are being, uh, um, you know, shut down really themselves by the Chinese government. And then you've got the American government who's looking to shut down Elon Musk because the guy believes in free speech. How screwed up is it? Terrible. I mean, terrible. And, and of course, like you said, the streets are they're protesting in China. They're protesting in Iran. The world is on fire. This uh, idiot, this Biden, could barely shake hands with Macron yesterday. That was an embarrassing meeting once again. And now, yeah. talking about embarrassing, you got this runoff coming up on Tuesday. Well, listen, I always want oh. Republicans to win. I do. But both candidates are embarrassing, to be honest. But <laughs> <laughs> come on, John. Come on, Janine. Herschel Walker. You know what? All I, look, all I want is for it to be over. I don't want to hear Georgia another time in my life unless it's connected to Augusta. Okay? I don't ever want to hear this state again. I'm sick of runoffs and this and that. I'm sick of Stacey Abrams. And now I hear she's looking for a position in the White House. I mean, boy, talk about a disaster. What is with Georgia? At least they voted Kemp uh, governor again. Yes, they did. And they've got the the number one football team in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs, which is a big deal. They do have Augusta. You said the Masters, which is a great course. Uh, Last one. I know you're busy. You got to get to the gym. You got to get your hair done. You're going to look gorgeous tonight with this big event. Uh, (laughs) No, I got to go to work. Oh, you're going to work? Okay. Well, I'm going to be over at Fox News, too. I'm actually going to tape Brian Kilmeade's One Nation show coming up at 1230 this afternoon. Yes. All right. Yes. So I'll see you there. So so before we hang up, just tell folks one more time your role tonight and about this really deserved, beautiful night for Uh, John and Margot. 
Yeah, listen, tonight, Tunnel to Towers is having a fabulous gala at the Marriott Marquis. Everybody knows Frank Stiller. Frank Stiller is the guy who took an issue and ran with it, and that issue is supporting the first responders, the veterans who come home with fewer limbs than they left the, the United States with. He's paying off mortgages for Gold Star families. He's building homes. This man is St. Teresa in America, and I've never seen anything like it. There will be hundreds and hundreds of people there, if not a 1,000 people there. John and Margot Casamitidis are being honored. This is one of the few events where the money that's connected, $11 a month at T2T.org, is not a lot to offer to change the life of the people who put their lives on the line for you. And I am such a believer in Tunnelton Towers, Frank Siller, and there is no one more more entitled to be the honorees than John Casamitidis and Margo, his wife. They are one of the most generous couples in the United States. Whether you know them or you don't know them, I'm sure they've done something that's impacted an organization that you believe in or impacted your life. I mean, they are generous to a fault, the Casamitidis, and I am so glad that they're being honored. I love them both, John and Margot. They're our bosses, and believe me, I am not saying it because they're our bosses. I've known John for 30 years. The man is a saint. Well and said. That's the end of that. And, no, and don't forget, I'll be on stage. Right. I, I was. I was going to say, <laughs> you're right. Those two deserve to get the honors tonight, and you, Judge Janine, you deserve to MC it because you're beautiful and you're the best. Oh no, I'm not beautiful. Cut it out. Not anymore. You're still beautiful. Oh. Stop that. Get out of here. I love you. I'll see you tonight. We'll have a lot of fun, okay? You're great. Oh, Thank we'll you. We'll have a lot of laughs. All right. Take All right. care. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Of course, Judge Janine Pirro. If you don't love her, you don't love Jesus. It's really that, too. If you don't love Judge Janine, you don't love Jesus. Can you say that, Philip? Kanye loves Judge Janine. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. songs obviously fun 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 i get around help me ronda california girls good vibrations this one's my favorite after me don't worry baby beach boys mike love of course uh, co-founded the beach boys way back when with his cousins brian and dennis and carl wilson and their friend al jardine and he's one of the band's vocalists and lyricists for the entire career 
all their studio albums, their frontman for live performances. Mike loves the man. He's the man. So I got to get to um, Mike in about a, in about two or three minutes here. Come to wait on hold because before I get to the great Mike Love from the Beach Boys, talking about great, look at this guy. All he has uh, done is, well, you know, he's, the, he's taking over the world. He's made WABC. This is, was an impossible task. He's made WABC legendary again. He really has. Him and his beautiful wife, Margo. And tonight, they're going to be honored by Tunnel to Towers, Frank Siller, at the Marriott Marquis, which is a huge honor. You just heard Judge Jeanine Pirro talk about how honored she is to be there tonight. I'll be there as well up on stage. But not only are John and Margo being honored tonight, but on top of it, somebody have a birthday today, John? You want to tell us about that? Well, we're proud to say... It's Margot's birthday today. How about that? And um, she's a great gal. Me and Margot have been together for 50 years. 50? And how many are you and... Uh, Danielle? Uh, Thir- yeah. 31. 31. You got 19 more to go. Yeah. But... Uh, uh, My mom and dad did it for 63. I, I met Margot. She was a, a kid. Yeah. And um, uh, it's been a great life uh, with her. And uh, what I said... Uh, we were out to dinner last night, uh, a pre-birthday party, uh, and uh, I said to her, you make me smile every day for 50 years. Did you really and, you know, that's that? the difference. I'm going to cry. You know, that sorry. is the difference between a great relationship, no matter how good or bad the day was. Yeah. When uh, you have a wife, uh, when you come home, She'll make you smile no matter how bad the day was. And, you, and by the way, John's sincere when he says that. A lot of guys say that and they don't mean it. You're sincere. In fact, I remember last year, you may remember this, you and I lit the menorah together in New York City. And we're going to light the menorah again this year Yes, on Tuesday, December 20th. Right. But last year, it fell out on Margot's birthday. And we went straight from the menorah lighting to the university club. Um, you put together that beautiful dinner for Margot on her birthday. Well, let me tell you, we had another conflict this year. Well, now what? Uh, well, we, ha- we have the Tunnels to Tower today on her birthday. Tonight? Tonight. Oh, this is great. And, and, and uh, the, the fact was I had committed to it, and, uh, uh, and I called Frank Siller, and I said, listen, I got a problem. It's Margot's birthday. <laughs> and and, and uh, I said, Margo should be standing out to, uh, this year because it's Margo's birthday. And I'm going to tell Margo we're going to bring 1,200 people right. for her birthday. That's a heck of a birthday party. And uh, uh, last night, uh, I took Margo out for a pre-birth. Yeah, I had to negotiate. You have to negotiate with your own wife. So last night, we went out for a pre-birthday party with a nice. few... Very, very few friends. Right, right. No, Tonight's the 10, big party. 12, right. 15, Tonight you 20. get 1,200. <laughs> Tonight we're going to have 1,200 people. Well, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Frank Siller and Tunnels to Tower uh, is one of our biggest supporters at WABC. And I couldn't say no to, to Frank because, no, no. you know, WABC supports our uh, friends. We always support our friends. Said, so you know that. And and um, and Tunnels of Tower and Frank Stella supports us, and yes. uh, um, and uh, that's the important thing. That there's a few human beings left in this uh, in yes. this city in this country that uh, 
we're we're there to support each other. A hundred percent. And uh, you and don't. By forget. the way, the Beach Boys. You love them. I love the Beach Boys. Do you really? I love that music. Really? Oh my God, that music is is beautiful. So music. you know Mike Love, the lead singer of the Beach Boys. I, I, no, I never met him. I okay. Know, I know. I I know a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, but, you know everybody. Uh, uh, but uh, he, that music w- was part of my generation. Oh, me too. Oh, yours, yeah, before, but yeah. obviously. My, right. Part of my generation, yeah. part of yeah. Cousin Brucey's uh, yes. generation. Yes. And, um, you know, it's, it's, and that's why we love this city. I mean, you know, uh, I forgot to tell I, you. I go back to Palisades Amusement Park. Yeah, no, skip the bother and skip the fuss. I remember that too. But now, forget the Mike Love. I forgot to tell you this. I was listening to Howard Stern interviewing Bruce Springsteen. And you know who Bruce thanked? Cousin Brucey. Wow. He said that Cousin Brucey and the top 40 hits way back when in the 70s is part of the reason why he's such a big hit today. I went to Brooklyn Tech High School, and a lot of my Brooklyn Tech friends were all still friends. And on the top of the Brooklyn Tech High School, we had our own radio station. And guess where Cousin Brucey got his training? There. There. Yes. We're going to get him a special diploma <laughs> uh, for, for for radio uh, from Brooklyn Tech he because should. we had our own radio station. He still sounds great. But I'm going to let way. you get to Mike Love. I will. Okay, thank you. Happy birthday to Margot. Thank Congratulations you. on tonight. I love you. God and, bless And you. thank you for page 30 in today's New York Post. Hey, it should have been page uh, one or page three, <laughs> you know? I mean, uh, we'll work on We'll work harder <laughs> next time. I love you, John. Thank, thank you. you. Happy birthday again to Margot Katsimatidis. What a special lady. And John... I love that guy like my own father. I really do. Thank you, John. Let's get to Mike Love. He is uh, the, 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 the Mr. Beach Boys himself. Mike, thank you for uh, staying on hold for me. I appreciate that. It's Sid Rosenberg in New York. How are you? Not a problem, Sid. Thank you so much. And, and, and listening to Don't Worry Baby while waiting to, to go on with you was fantastic. That's, that song sounds so beautiful to this day. And we'll be doing it this coming Monday at Carnegie Hall. See, I love all your songs, Mike, but that, uh, to this one, remains my favorite. In fact, I've got a couple of ballads on my phone, I'm being honest, and that song is one of the six or seven ballads I've got on it. What year, do you remember what year you did that song and where you were when you wrote it? It had to be uh, 1963, something like that, 1963. My cousin Brian sang the lead on it, and right. I did the bass part on right. it. It was amazing, an amazing record. 1963, the same year Kennedy got assassinated, which was uh, just oh, last yeah. week. Yeah, that was just last week. So, you know, um, I have a friend, uh, Mike. Her name is Marianne from Brooklyn, and she is a huge Howard Stern supporter. She's on his show all the time. And she, uh-huh. sent out, she sent out Christmas cards this year with her and Howard, and one of the guys on the Christmas card, believe it or not, is John Stamos. Because Stamos and Howard are close, and she loves Stamos. And you are going to do a show with John Stamos, I believe, here in New York at Carnegie Hall this Monday night at 7.30. I know you've done it for years with Stamos. How did that whole relationship start? We met him first when he was Blackie on General Hospital. And then (laughs) then he he got us on on the show uh, Full House. Right. And we get recognized by successive generations of people who (laughs) – Watch that that show, and he's he's a good friend and 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 a great drummer actually. So he's going to come out and play some drums. We're going to back him up on a song, and uh, we're we're going to do a, a a show at Carnegie on Monday night. Fifty years ago, we did a live album there, which is coming out on a box set uh, that Capitol Records is putting out. 
called Ceylon Sailor, and it has six CDs on it. And uh, Carnegie Hall live show from 50 years ago is one of those CDs. Oh, my God. That sounds awesome. Absolutely. By the way, Mike Love, for folks that don't know, was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as a member of the Beach Boys back in 1988. He's got all the... All the, um, you know, the hardware you would want to have. Is, oh, Miriam from Brooklyn just texted me. I guess she's thanking me. Uh, 50 years, Carnegie Hall, unbelievable. And, you know, Mike, you talked about Don't Worry Baby holding up still today. I still love that song. But I have to tell you, almost every Adam Sandler movie I see, <laughs> you know, every they, they, all your songs are on those movies today. 50 years later, it seems like all of your music still holds up. What do you think the key is to that? I think the harmonies is the distinctive sound of the Beach Boys, but also the subject matter is unique. And, you know, I mean, who who did car, songs about cars and surfing and be true to your school? And, and, and Good Vibrations was 1966. It went to number one in Great Britain, and we were voted the number one group in Great Britain, number two being the Beatles. That was an amazing uh, wow. achievement there. Yeah, so I don't know. It's just uh, we've just been blessed to— uh, my cousin Brian and I wrote some songs together back in the 60s that people still like to hear today. Yeah, I was listening to uh, Springsteen. I, t- I mentioned this to John Katsimatidis a moment ago, my owner. And he did this really great uh, two-hour interview with Stern. I've never heard it, Mike, but it was great. And, um, and, and Howard said to Bruce, he said, Hey, Bruce, when did you start to realize you were that guy, you know, Bruce? And he said, Well, I was at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame one night, and to my left was Roy Orbison. And to my right was Bob Dylan, and he said, holy S, <laughs> I must be somebody. Yeah. When did that moment hit you, Mike Love? When did you realize, wow, me, the Beach Boys, we're larger than life? Well, uh, you know, I, I remember going out and doing a show in, in, in outside of Minneapolis at a place called Lake Minnetonka, just a little ballroom. And yet the cars were, it was sold out. They wouldn't let any more people in. People were breaking windows to get into the to our concert. And, wow. and there's a line of cars down the road for about a mile. It's people still wanting to come in. And I said to my cousin Brian, gee, this must be what it was like when Elvis started out. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It was, it was very special. I mean, there are many, many uh, things along the way that were fantastic. I mean, one year we did Philadelphia in the afternoon and D.C. in the evening in, in the mid-'80s, and we played for over a million and a half people in one day. So there's some very special things that, you know, we've you know, yeah. we've experienced over the years. But you mentioned Tunnel to Towers, by the way, that you're doing tonight. Yes. Um, and well, we're including uh, for, with our Christmas cards a donation to Tunnel to Towers uh, on behalf of the, the people who we're sending those cards out to this this year, which I think is a it's a great charity. Wow. See, Mike, you you guys are great Americans. All you guys, your cousins, the whole Beach Boy crew. And that's very, very sweet. And Frank Siller, I'm sure, is very, very appreciative. So thank you for doing that. Tonight is a big deal, and thank you for doing that. I have to think also, Mike, that one of the moments when you started to say we must be pretty good is when uh, Rolling Stone uh, magazine, for example, uh, of the 500 greatest albums of all time, they actually rated Pet Sounds as number two. That's a, <laughs> that's a pretty, pretty good. No, Mike, wouldn't you say? That is amazing. Yeah, we, we, we really appreciate that. And, um, Pet Sounds is quite a unique album. The uh, the uh, 
Beatles uh, got busy when they heard that one and came up with Sergeant Pepper. So, <laughs> so you really are the inspiration behind Sergeant Pepper, Mike. That's great. Uh, you talk about the Beatles. What what other acts? What other musical performers? When you were a kid, you and your cousins, you know, Dennis and Brian, growing up, who were the guys that um, I don't know? Guess kind of got to you and said, "We need to do this for a living." Well, for us, it was the Everly Brothers yeah. and all the some great doo-wop groups from back in the day. Um, and, uh, of course, Chuck Berry was the champion. You know, the, he, the, our, our song, Surfing USA, is kind of a remodel, uh, you know, Sweet Little Sixteen. So, yeah, the, um, all those great early rock and roll guys, you know, Little Richard, Jerry Lewis, Chuck Berry, all those guys, along with but but Everly Brothers, they had those cute songs, that great blend, yeah. and that, that inspired us to blend, yeah. you know, concentrate on our blend and our sound. What year was Kokomo, Mike? I forget now. What year? 88. 88. The same is year that, we were inducted into the Rock Roll Hall. Are you kidding family. me? You're telling me that song yeah. is 35 years old already? That's right. And oh it's one God. of the biggest sing-alongs of our show. Oh yeah, no, I love that song too. Is that, is that? I guess that's the last big hit you guys had. Am I wrong, or is that the last big one? It, it, it was our last number one. Yeah, the, the yeah. one number one previous to that was Good Vibrations. Twenty two years before that. Yeah, wow. I mean, how many number ones did you guys have overall? Or would like six or seven had to be right? Number ones? Yeah, I think maybe like five or five. so. But we've got a lot of top tens. You a lot know? of top tens. Yeah. Some of, some of the songs that that, that 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 did really well in the charts, and so we're very blessed to be able to take that family hobby and make it into a profession, a long-lasting you know, that. Now, let me say this, Mike. Um, my mother lives in Kanyanga Lake, New York. That is exactly mm. one mile away, Mike Love. You're going to love this. One mile away from Yasgur's Farm, the original site of mm-hmm. Woodstock. So they built mm-hmm. this beautiful amphitheater there. I know you guys have probably performed there already. It's called Bethel we Woods. We played it. Yeah, we played it. There you go. It's gorgeous. Right by my mother's house, a mile away. And uh, Woodstock, of course, you had all these. It was the summer, and everybody got half naked, and they, you know, it was, it was kind of gross, to be honest. But you guys, you did your stuff on the beach. Like, girls showed up to your concerts already in bikinis. There had to be a couple of years there where you guys had to have more fun than you could ever talk about in, pol- in public, yes? Had to be. Well, this is true, but we're not going <laughs> to kiss and tell, you know. <laughs> that is true. We've had a lot of fun, fun, fun over the years. I'm sure. Uh, again, uh, Monday night at Carnegie Hall, they'll be there, The uh, Mike Love and the crew. The hey. Paramount is a great place. Uh, I love it there. In fact, we did a show there two years ago, me and my late partner with Bill O'Reilly, in Huntington, Long Island. It's a terrific place. That's on Tuesday the 6th. Those are two very nice venues, Mike Love. Paramount is fantastic. We love that place, and um, Bill O'Reilly is supposed to come on out because he lo- he, he's, he's come to many of our shows over the years, and he's a great guy. Yeah, he was on yesterday with me, and he was he does love music. I know he does love you guys. In fact, Lou, don't you usually play when Bill O'Reilly comes on? Don't you usually play the Beach Boys? Yes, a couple of times. How about that, Mike Love? But yesterday we were all bemoaning the death of uh, Christy McVie. That, that one hurt, right? Yeah. Yeah, my cousin Dennis dated her in the late 70s and early 80s. Wow. A couple of years, two, three years. How yeah. about that? How about Now, now yeah, tell me. She, now, was a, now, she was a nice gal. She was a nice gal. So if Dennis dated Christine McVie, here's what he's supposed to tell me, that you dated Stevie Nicks, baby. Come on. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not, 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 not I. I was otherwise occupied. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> I understand. Well, listen, when you're in New York, uh, we're going to come see you because we're all huge fans of yours, Mike. You're just... 
You're a legend. Amazing career. You're still great. You guys are all still great. Thank you so much for hopping on today. Good luck with those two dates uh, in New York next week. And keep coming back, Mike Love, because we love you. Thank you. Thank you, Sid, for having me on the program. You got and, it. Uh, have a great, great holiday. You too, my man. Merry Christmas. We'll see you next week. Let's go back to this. Don't worry, baby. My favorite song. One of my favorite songs ever. One of the many great hits by Mike Love and the Beach Boys. Don't worry, baby. And we'll see you, Mike Love, at Carnegie Hall on Monday night. Bernard McGurk. Bernard has been a friend of mine for so long. And Sid, you too. Sid Rosenberg. Not good, great. Bernie and Sid in the morning. I love you guys. I listen to you every morning and walk around the house laughing my butt off. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. I love the colorful clothes you wear And the way the sunlight plays upon her head my phone is blowing up. Joe Nolan with some very nice things to say, a traffic reporter. He loved that interview. I've got about 100 messages here already. People loved it. Of course they loved it. Mike Love is, uh, is an American icon. He's a legend. But this is where, you know, you got to be careful with, you know, who you bring in to do a show like this with me because other people can't do that interview. Only one other person can do it, Howard Stern. That's it. That's it. Somebody else is going to get all fumford and stammer all over themselves and mention two songs and not know what else to say, and it's just going to be terrible. I think, I think Dick Morris might be able to yeah, That's the guy. You're right. You're right, yeah. Dick Morris. So you're, you're yeah. eliminating a lot of you're people. You're right, Dick Morris. That's the guy. They say pet sounds <laughs> actually does not invoke pet sounds per se, but right. yet something else from an unknown quantity. Now, let me try to explain. This. Now, listen, he's got his strengths. He's great. He's been I, on the show a bunch. I, I admire him. No, so do yes. I. And a lot of people have their strengths, but the... You know, the, the question becomes the range. What can, you know, does it stop there? And most of these guys, it stops there. And uh, Mike was great. Mike was uh, very, very sweet. Once again, happy birthday to Margo Katzmatidis. We will celebrate with a thousand of our close friends tonight at the Marriott Marquis as we uh, get set to honor Frank Siller. Bernie, later on tonight, I was told, which is uh, very, very nice. Thank you to the Tunnel to Towers. Leslie Slender did a great job at this event, and they're going to honor John and Margo. And I can't think of uh, two better people. Talking about Joe Nolan, somebody made me aware, our, again, his team traffic reporter, that Curtis Sliwa, and I find this hard to believe, knowing Curtis as long as I know him, that Curtis Sliwa, I'm used to him throwing, you know, the, sl- the slings and arrows at me. That's, that's his show every day. That's, now, I've, I've now renamed the Curtis Sliwa show, weekday afternoons, 12:15 to 1 on this station, the Sid Rosenberg wrap-up show. <laughs> It's not even that far off, I is think it? it? I think it's a good name. Right? I mean, that's all he does is talk about, and Sid today talked to Scaramucci and Tacopina and blah, blah, blah. Every show is all about me, which I'm, I'm honored, trust me. But yesterday. Hey, Sid, I'm coming after you. <laughs> yesterday? This is unreal. I mean, I don't know all the people he attacks. It's fine. Did he actually attack Joe Nolan? 
Uh, that's uh, yeah, he up, did up for interpretation, but yeah, well, what no, Phil no. said is right. Philippe yes. said yes, yes, he did. Yes. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, he did. No, how could he? What could he? Oh, we have the audio. Oh, no, we have the audio. All right, let's listen to this. Curtis Sliwa number three, going after my friend Joe Nolan. He better have a good excuse. Let's hear it. Like this morning, I'm listening to Joe Nolan, right? Stay in Jersey City, Joe. You know nothing about New York City. Look at the advice that Joe Nolan, our traffic guy, gave to Sid Rosenberg's lovely wife, Danielle, as he heard that she would be traveling into the city today. Oh, my God. Yeah. So what that's a mess. Be. That's where the mess is going to be. So take mass transit. If you're going in to see the tree, you're really going to do anything. Do that. Uh, going take, to, take the take subway the so you can get shot in the face. Before well, you just make it to the Brooklyn but, Bridge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> say, say hi to Adams <laughs> while you put it in. Yeah, yeah. I'm on the subway. That, that's good advice. That's lousy advice. Lou, I want Joe Nolan fired. Oh, <laughs> okay, I get it. It's funny, Curtis. It was terrible advice from Joe Nolan. You, you can't put my beautiful wife on a train. I mean, she's she's in trouble as is just walking the streets in New York. She's so hot. You put her on the train with these animals and... Hey, I take the train every day. Right. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, I was... Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I got it. That's yeah. right, Phil. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, get her away. Keep Phil her actually... You no, know, Phil doesn't only just take the train, but uh, Phil is... He takes a walk. He lives in, like, the Brownville section of Brooklyn. Yeah. That's <laughs> close. I'm, I'm not kidding. And he walks, like, 10 minutes at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning to the train... Thank God no one's ever messed with them, but that is a that's a dangerous walk, Phil. You think someone's gonna mess with me? I don't because you look you know, there's three types of strength, Phil. There's old man strength, I've got that. There's actual strength, well, I've got that too. And then there's tarred strength. That's where <laughs> I come got. in. Right, yeah. exactly. Right, right. Tarts. <laughs> a powerful breed. You just look like no one's gonna want to mess with you because you look like you have that, you know. And plus they're going what kind of crazy white guy's walking around at 4 o'clock in the morning? I ain't going to mess with that guy. No, he has the heart psycho strength. He does, yeah. yeah. And he wears, like, these ridiculous outfits. And what? Out, what? You look silly. No one's going to mess with you. I wouldn't worry about Sometimes that. Sometimes his Thanks. socks are over his right. pants. Right. He actually wears socks. And um, you know the old <laughs> days when your father used to go out and play ball and he wear, like, these tube socks to his knees? <laughs> nah, like, Phil don't. still does that. It's he cold wears now. I want to warm up my legs. It's like leggings, you know? And then he has these weird legs, Phil. They're like really thick. Um, I guess tattooed. Well, the, well, he has like bugs tattooed on his. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. The no, actual bugs. Why is that? What, what? What is the? Why would you put bugs on on your legs, Philip? What, what is the significance of that? Well, the significance is I thought they looked cool. Well, they look stupid. Well, that's up to term, term interpretation. You know, you go with him. I thought maybe it was like a Macedonian thing, like maybe the no, no. butterfly in Macedonia or the mosquito in Macedonia was like a it. cow in India. Yeah, they do it when you're born. They just yeah, right, on you. right. Because you I can't no think of any head. rational yeah. person unless they're high on heroin. Why would a why would a mosquito be like a cow? Do you think I, I don't Macedonians know. Worship mosquitoes. Well, well, why would somebody place Malaria, that the on their, of Macedonia? Why would you place that on your body? Uh, tattoos. I like getting you know tattoos. I mean, I've seen the barbed wire fence. I've seen the yeah. name Mary. If you have a girlfriend. Mom, I've I, have seen a, that. I also have the name Mary tattooed right above my buttocks. <laughs> okay. The significance of the insect is change. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just think they're As cool. Hannibal Lecter would You know, say. I did want to ask you this, though. Eric Adams, the mayor. <laughs> okay, this is some pivot. No, it's a serious this question. This is a good pivot and shift. This is a pivot and shift. See what he did? Yeah, I see it's it. serious. Then I had this discussion with Rudy Giuliani on this show, who was, I have to tell you, 
Rudy today was a home run. He told us stuff he's told nobody else, nobody, the relationship with Miller and Trump, and he trusted me, and I appreciated that. I really did. But we talked about Dr. Doctor Mayor Eric Adams deciding that he's going to take these mental illness people, these crazy people, off the streets, whether they want to or not. Some of them, they're going to take off the streets, even if they're not dangerous to themselves and others, and I applaud that because even if they're not, they scare the hell out of my kid, for example. And Gabriel should not have to walk up and down the streets of New York nervous because some guy who may not be a danger to anybody is yelling at himself about a Rod Stewart song from 1975. So now that these people are being taken off the streets, that may make your walk in Brownsville a little safer. Are you happy about uh, the mayor's? I mean, if he takes the crazy people off the streets, how am I supposed to beg for change? (laughs) It's making it a little tough for my side gig. That's a good point. You're right. Yeah, you are crazy as they come, aren't you? But on a serious note, you got to feel. I mean, is your area, is it, like Curtis always says, I hope Phil gets in alive today. Is it that bad? No, no. It's it's pretty quiet when I'm walking there. What street do you live on? I don't live in Brownsville, by the way. Oh, you don't? No, I live in Bushwick. Oh, Bushwick. What street do you live on? Um, I don't remember. You don't even know, do you? No, I live, no. You're afraid to reveal the information. A big star like you, you don't want people to know where you people are. People start showing up to my house, ask for autographs. <laughs> no, you don't need T-shirts, that. T-shirts, bras, who you, knows? You don't need that. Okay. All right, well, thank you for your contribution today. Listen, too. I'm helping any way I can. The ratings, trying to keep them up. Yeah, we uh, we got the ratings yesterday. Stay I'm not safe. one to bo- You know, I'm not going to talk about the ratings again because people claim that I'm a... Uh, people I'm, are hate uh, listening. Don't forget, people are hate listening right now. You start I talking know, about ratings and they start typing. Sid uh, talks about himself. Of course I do. I'm a radio host. You're a moron. Uh, he's narcissistic. Uh, the ratings. Uh, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to talk about the ratings. Curtis is. Play cut number one. Ratings here at WABC, and we are number one again, blowing away all the competition. And I must salute the guy who starts it all in the morning, Sid Rosenberg, from 6 to 10. His numbers Went right through the roof. You did an outstanding job, and you made it easier for us to stay in first place because you got out of the blocks, you blew the competition away, you lapped the competition. That's how good the numbers were. And then actually, to be honest with you, if we jogged, which we didn't do, we would have stayed in first place ourselves. He's right about that. Um, Without getting too specific, in the demo that matters, because everybody has their own demo, you know. Like a war. Men between 81 and 84. They do pretty well there. Yeah, we do great. Uh, the one demo that actually pays attention to the most people in the city, okay, if you double O.R.'s ratings and add seven-tenths of a point, they tie me. That's how badly I beat these people. But Noam Layden, who's back at WABC, after, uh, there, he was there for a couple of years. It had to be like being in Siberia. He's got to be th- so thrilled to be back with us. And we're happy to have Noam Layden back. Uh, get Noam on the mic here. Noam tells me that every time the ratings came out, even though I bludgeon these people, I don't beat them. I bludgeon them. They walk around the halls at their radio station claiming victory. I have empirical data. I have a piece of paper that says WOR one point something. Sid Rosenberg, well, I'm not going to give the number, but a lot higher. How could they possibly, Noam, claim victory? There's a piece of paper that has a number on it. Well, you know how it is. You can sort of, you can look at, you can manipulate the numbers 
in a way that, of oh. course, works for you. Hard. Right? This one's hard. They you didn't know, beat me in 12-plus. Right. They didn't beat me in 6-plus. They may have beat me, like I said, men 81 to 84. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, who, who still watch Golden Girls. Right. I mean. Hey, I still watch the Golden Girls. <laughs> so do I. But I, I, there's no demo that they beat me in. It's just a matter of how badly did I beat them in the other demos. Yeah. Oh, no, it's not even close. No, it's not close. I mean, the rest of the day we win, but it's, it's close. I destroy them. Destroy them. You know. What do you say to when you call those guys into a meeting? You know, you, once a month you get that ratings. They come out. But what does Tom Cuddy say? He doesn't care, right? Because he has Hannity and, well, Limbaugh's gone. God rest his soul. Right. He doesn't have the Mets. Oh, yeah, Simone. Simone does very well. Yeah. I like Mark. Mark's a very nice man. I like him. But what does Cuddy say? You guys are doing great. Sid's killing you. You know, recently I haven't been in any of those meetings, so I don't know. Well, the last one you were at when I kicked their ass back then, and they were right. still saying this nonsense. What did Tom Cuddy say? What do you say? You know, you tried, like I said, you, you're like, well, look, we did well with men 81 to 85. <laughs> These people are the best. <laughs> you, know, you can't make it up. Yeah. And Len Berman said, oh, look at us, Mike. Huh? Look at us. We got Sid running scared. In the meantime, all you guys used to work there. Why are you working with me now? Lou, knowing what happened. We got, we, we woke up, man. We're smart. We're wise. You got out. It was like prison. You served your sentence. I did. It was a long four years. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you're another one. I mean, you're John and Margot Katsimatidis, you saved your life, basically. They, oh. Did you God. know John? Was John? Were you here when John took over? No. You were already gone, right? Yeah. The day Imus left was the day I left. So John wasn't here yet? No. Right. That's when Craig Schwab replaced you with Julian Huddy. But you blamed me for years for that, didn't you? Yeah. Okay, I did. thanks, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I was right to do that, right? Oh, of course you weren't right. <laughs> I would get these messages and go, you know, Norm was really pissed at you. I go, pissed at me for what? Oh, I never said that. That's, that's a lie. I never no, said that. No, that's 100% really? not a lie. It got back to me that you were furious with me. No, really? He, he, would yes. tell me, he would tell me in secret. So no, I'm, he I, not, not I don't know. They're like, Norm was really mad. Wait, okay. no, that's not true. I would text you off and on over the years. Yes, and I'd be like, yeah. I don't think he's mad because he's texting yeah. me. They're like, yeah. he, he wants a job there. He, he hates you. I'm like, uh... Okay, fine, have him. What do I care? I didn't make that decision, but, you know, it's like Jody McDonald was mad at me for years at the fan because they replaced him with Joe Beningo, and he thought I made that decision. I didn't make that decision. Right. They came to me, and they said, we're going to do this. Are you okay? What am I going to say? No. So Craig Schwab took me to an Italian restaurant with Bernie and said, here's what we're going to do. What do you think about it? I and said, look, who's paying for the meal? He said, I am. I said, fine, do it. <laughs> and look how well that worked out, by the way. Oh, my God. No, we are thrilled brilliant, to have you Brilliant back. programming decision. We are, well, he's in, he's in a different state now, my God. Yeah, God. different state is right. Like, at least you don't hold any grudges. I'd like to see no, that. No, not at all. You're not resentful, no. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a list at home. Well, it's good to have you back in all yeah, You know, I don't know if this is the right time to ask. Uh-huh. That's too late. Now you're going to ask. Yeah. You know, I, I, I know the show's called Sid and Friends now. Yeah. Maybe I should ask you off. No, no. Can I be one of your friends? Yes. Okay. Wow. Okay. I wasn't expecting that. That's great. I mean, I did. Very excited. You just made my weekend. Well, I had to think about it. But um, being that we both have a son named Gabriel. That's right. Being that we're both Giant fans. Yeah, we are. Being that we're teammates here at this lovely station. Now we I are. can't help the fact that you're a liberal disguising as a conservative, <laughs> but you haven't fooled anybody yet. But I happen to really like you personally. I think you're a great guy, and I think you're a magnificent talent. So Thank we are you. friends, yes. All right. But he's still going to think about it, no. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever his guess was. If you were just on this show, which you were for the last minute and a half. Right. You're a Sid friend. Okay, good. Congratulations. Thank Everybody you. Everybody wants All to right. be a friend now. <laughs> 
Bernie and Sid in the Morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Great song, The Cure. Show me, show me, show me how you do that trick. Show me, show me, show me. Tell him, Robert, the great Robert Smith. He's got my um, topics for the Brian Kilmeade One Nation television show, which I will tape today at 1230, and then I'll play it tomorrow night. Is it 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock? I know Phil told me earlier. I forgot. A lot going on here. Um... It's 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. It's a great show. He's got great guests. I mean, great. So I'll be on tomorrow night on Fox News at 8 o'clock. I'm going to look very handsome and sound very smart. Why Why'd you emphasize that he has really, really great guests when you're going to be on this show? That's why. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you weren't on the show, would you say he has really, really great guests? Not really. Okay. I, that's no. right. I was just checking. So I have like two hours. I'm going to go tanning after the show. No, don't, it's fine. No, I should look pale like you, halfway close to the death. Don't no go. no one looks healthier or pale you, than Tan. Nobody. Who are you arguing with? Frankie Diaz, he keeps looking at me. He puts his hand out there like, let me explain something to all you folks out there, okay? This may kill me. It may. You're right. It's not good for your skin, blah, blah, blah. Nobody looks better not tan than tan. Nobody. I'm Nobody. just saying that you look redder than my tongue right now. No, I'm not red right now. I need more color. You're but like I'm tan You're like an Indian red. I'm tanorexic, so... Gonna, oh, gonna, sorry, that's that's offensive. Uh, Native American red, excuse yeah. me. Don't, you're going to hop on One Nation tomorrow. You're going to give me sunburn from looking at you. That's how tan you're going to be. You think oh, so? Look Probably. at all the comedians around. I know. It's unbelievable. Are you, you going to wear yeah. that red blazer that you have that matches your skin tone? I'm going to have to wear sunglasses watching you on TV oh, Okay, tomorrow. fine. Thank you. Well, I have the makeup girls over Where's there, Andrew Dave? Giuliani when you need him so we can make fun <laughs> yeah, of him I know. <laughs> Get rid of you guys and put Andrew on for a couple of minutes. You're so red. <laughs> right. You look like you're, a lobster. You're so red. You could be redder than Rain, uh, Rudolph's nose. Uh, stop talking. I'm begging you, red please. Lobster should be serving you on their Friday night special. No. Oh, yeah. So then I got to do the uh, the show after that, after I grab a bite to eat. And then after that, I'm going to head home because uh, the taping is over at 1.30. Look at this afternoon. So I have to catch the 2.15 ferry back to Rockaway. That gets me back to Rockaway at 3.30 just to pick up Danielle my beautiful wife, to come back at 4.15 into the city for the event for John and Margot. Yeah, that, did, that part didn't make sense. Well, she didn't want to come in alone. So. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so i got to take How about just very... stick her on the train? Oh, forget that. That was very good. So I'm actually going to head home. We're going to fire Lou Rufino. Just to come straight back with uh, Danielle. But it's all worth it because she's beautiful, and tonight's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Margot's birthday, John and Margot get honored, and it's, uh, it's all a great thing. I just want the week to be over because I'm sick of Kanye. And I'm sick of Trump, too. I'm sick of him. And I'm sick of all you people that just don't, don't understand why what he did last week was awful. Kanye West gets it. Man, he gets it all right. And I'm sick of you people that, that claim I don't, I'm not a Republican and I'm not, I don't like Trump. And, uh, you know, when I've said 
Oh, even five times today that I'd still vote for Donald Trump. Even now, I would still vote for Donald Trump. I need to see more from DeSantis. Like my mother said yesterday, my mother, I can't believe Naomi has become the voice of reason in politics, but she has. You know, DeSantis has done a great job. He's run a state, a state, not a country. He's never run a country before. Donald has. He did a terrific job. So right there, based on experience, give me Buck Showalter. He's won games, not Carlos Beltran. Give me the guy that's won. Trump's won. DeSantis has won nothing. He did a good job in his state, which is one of 50 that Donald Trump had to run. So even though Trump is a complete jackass, and he's tone deaf, and he's a buffoon, and all those things, and he is every one of those things, if you get mad, F you, he's every one of those things, he's good at this job. And the country's in, in, in trouble. Biden is destroying us, destroying us. And we need somebody good at this job, and that happens to be Trump. So, But it doesn't matter what I think. What I'm trying to explain to you people is when he does stuff like this, he lessens his chances, which are already not very high, of winning. And that's what you should be worried about, not whether or not I'm on the Trump bandwagon or what Bernie would have said, God rest his soul, if he was still alive, which is really stupid. You should be worried about Trump's chances of winning. When he does stuff like this, whether you believe it or not, it reduces his chances. And if I'm a Trump supporter, I don't want that. All right, 1-800-848-WABC. We will come back, wrap up the week. It's been a great one. And again, check out today's New York Post, page 30. Sid and Friends in the Morning. That is now the name of this radio show as we move forward into a new day and a new era mornings on WABC. Fresh off a huge rating for this show yesterday in the latest fall book. I'll be right back. Podcast Network. Go your own way, baby. Go your own way. Alright, 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 alright. Heck of a week. Great show today. I want to thank all of our guests, Janine Pirro, Governor Pataki, Rudy Giuliani, and Mike Love. Man, that was a uh, – people love that interview. That was cool. He was very cool. He, he was cool. Yeah. And uh, Lewis, you were tremendous this week. You're always great, but uh, really a fantastic week. Macedonia, Phil, you're becoming a big star, man. Congratulations. Justin Ellick was great as always. Deb Valentine, the best, a real pro. Frankie Diaz, Noam Layden, everybody here, thank you so much. And we got a, a great week of shows coming next week. Don't forget, check out page 30, today's New York Post. Show's got a new name as of now. It's official, Sid and Friends in the Morning. Folks, 
Have yourselves a great weekend. Enjoy the football on Sunday. I'll be at MetLife Stadium with the Giants and the Commanders. God willing, we'll all be back Monday morning at 6. So from all of us on Sid and Friends in the Morning to all of you, until Monday, folks, I love you, Bernie.